Hello and welcome to Tightrope Over the Infinite Sorrow, captured by Ramjack. Hello everyone, I am Alex, and joining us today for the podcast is our good friend Brad. Hello citizens, hello. Today is their, well, I don't know if this is the last day we're gonna, or the last episode we'll talk about TNT. Probably no, definitely not. Because we definitely have more to get through. It's just the, no. it's the, it's the last episode in season one. Correct. No, so is it the last episode we've covered on the podcast for season one? There are questions. Very true. Chris, Chris uh, put a message in Facebook that says, hey, are you sure you guys have covered all of them? And I was like, well, I know we skipped around, but I thought we went back and went in order. I was looking through the list. I don't know if we actually covered episode three because it was, I, hmm. but we might have. And there's another one I'm not sure about that I think I may have watched, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast. I just watched it because I was watching <laughs> When I was trying to, you know, find the best ones for us to do. When we were jumping around. But episode three, I don't think I've seen. So, I could be wrong, though. I mean, we watched a lot of them. We've watched, like, 20 episodes of TNT. So, there may be more season one. But this is still the final episode of season one. Yeah. Depending on which list you're going through. But by all the ones that count, <laughs> this is the last episode of season one. Now, if you're going by some weirdo's YouTube playlist um, that doesn't label things correctly, who knows? Who knows? But, uh, whatever. Whatever, indeed. But, I mean, I'm here for it. It was a good episode. Well, it was yep. a fun episode to be the last yeah. of, su- supposedly last in season one. Indeed. So much, so much fun at the beginning that I messaged Brad immediately when it started oh. with a screen cap. Because, and I'm not, we'll get into it later, but it started to get into kind of Knights territory, which yeah, I was excited about at first. And then Definitely. Amy and Amanda had to start talking. And I was like, all right, Amy Amanda. Alex, do you know what else we're celebrating today besides the end of season one TNT? It's not 9-11, is it? It's, it's not. June. It's, it's June. Not. I didn't it forget. Is, is I haven't forgotten yet. It is June. But Alex, as of tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, June 7th, June 7th, that was the first episode of this podcast in 2009. Damn. 14 years. 14 years. That sounds unbelievable to me. 14 years. Wild. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, here's to 14 more, friend. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. I will, uh, I will, I will raise a, a, a tasty treat. Ooh. Ah. Mm, it's a Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Summer Freeze. Ooh. I'll have to look for that. It's, uh, it's delicious. It's a, it's a Mountain Dew Zero that, uh, tastes like a bomb pop. What else do you need? I am intrigued by the, I think it's Fortnite? The new Coke Zero flavor that's supposed to be Ultimate Coke Zero. We'll see. What's the flavor supposed to be? Don't know. It's just called Ultimate Coke Zero. Hey, Coke Zero, maybe, like, I'll trust you when you start telling me what the hell your flavor is. Because so far, it's been garbage, suntan lotion, and trash. So... (laughs) At least with Mountain Dew, the, the art on the can, and there's other hints... That tell you very specifically, hey, Absolutely. what to expect. There's a little uh, uh, red, white, and blue uh, popsicle guy. So you know, oh, this yeah. is going to taste like a bomb pop. It's great. It's An good. ultimate? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. No. But we'll see. We'll see. So it tastes like Fortnite? It tastes like ultimate Fortnite? Is that I what it have tastes no like? idea. What does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? I don't see how Fortnite's still part of the popular culture. All the kids I knew who played it and loved it no longer play it. Joey and his cousin played it recently just to revisit. More out of nostalgia? They were like, I just wanted to see what it was like going back. And it's changed a lot. They added motorcycles. 
I guess that's cool. They they played it for like an hour and then just all right, done. Wild. As in, I knows. Don't get it. Don't get it. Coke Zero, get your shit together. Why are you get so it dumb? Why are you so dumb? <laughs> we. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, friend, what's been happening? What's going on? Well, I I made it back from my chip trip to our our old hometown. Nice. Nothing's really changed. They've added some more parks. Okay. There um, is a little bit more growth in businesses, which so that's that's neat. Other than that, really chill. I nothing else really to report. The fam's oh. okay. Nice. <laughs> when we went down, we, me and my daughter, my my wife and my son were in Washington D.C. They traveled there to assassinate the president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> Every time an assassination of the presidents comes up, at some point in the in the five minutes afterwards, I think back to the Strangers with Candy episode where there was the arcade game where you literally were an assassin for presidents. And just the sound effects that came from that as they were playing it were hilarious. Nice. nice. Um, I don't think they try. I, the, uh, to, as far as I know, no nefarious intent was made. Try harder. But my wife's mother really wanted to go to D.C. for some reason. And my wife's father said, nope, I'm not going. You can go. I'm chilling here. I got stuff to do, work to do. So she said, okay, I'll go by myself. And my wife and her sister were like, well, don't go by yourself. We'll go with you. And my son loves museums and especially um, quasi-patriotic themed, huge into World War II, huge into military history and the engineering of planes specifically. So he wanted to go and so his other cousin went. So part of the family went and then me and my daughter thought, well, instead of just staying here, I'll take some time off and we'll just go visit the fam for this, get a summer trip in there. We haven't seen them in a long time. Nice. So it was fun. They went to all the museums. Joey's review was, the Holocaust Museum was the best. Nice. Because of the way that you could meander through and not feel rushed. He said wow. in all the other museums, he felt really rushed and things were were pathed in a way to like expedite you going through for foot traffic. Oh, really? Which I thought, oh, that's interesting. You would pick up on something like that, Joey. Granted, my wife sent me pictures of him going up to a section and like really looking at it, reading the plaques, watching the videos, which there are some people who go through a museum and might read a plaque or two. If there's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. He was focused. So maybe they just rushed him through every museum, but the Holocaust Museum, I don't know. Right, right, right. But like, oh, we can't really rush the Holocaust. That's, that's yeah, bad Yeah, it's form. just like, well, oh, oh, can't do that. Take can't all do the that. time you need. Listen, listen, the kids are watching. We Listen, we want to have kids have as much time in the Holocaust Museum as possible because they're on the internet and therefore lots of Nazis, lots of Nazis. So uh, good to counteract that. Take your yeah. time. Please soak this in, not YouTube. <laughs> Please don't soak in the YouTube. Soak in the Holocaust Museum. So they also went to a spy museum, which I did not know existed in D.C. Oh, that's cool. Um, really, really neat. Joey brought back stuff from the gift shops. He bought a, a miniature Washington Monument. He bought, um, I can't remember the name of the statue, but it's where all the, all the soldiers are raising the flag, uh, which is what that is. Then he also, from the spy museum, he got a duck, uh, a rubber duck with like spy stuff. So it looks like a little James Bond duck. There's something else on it that is kind of cute. That's like secret, I think underneath it or something. I don't know if it says like secret files or something like it's trying to hide something. I, I can't remember what it was, but he loved it. Absolutely loved it. Wants to go back. Nice. They had a good time. And we had a fun time in Tennessee just 
going around and hanging out with the family. My did daughter. You, did you go to the Casey Jones Museum? We did not. We did go to a trampoline park. There's not a lot to do in our hometown, guys. Yeah. So we saw. I saw a new trampoline park. There's like a safari thing where you go ride on some person's farm, and they have like exotic animals. I'm just. I'm just imagining like a, a hayride with like like dogs. <laughs> People in suits. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like a whole bunch of dogs. Raccoons. Yeah. Maybe people dressed in mascot costumes. like uh, A pig. Oh, there's a there's a pig. <laughs> the hogs. Um, but no, they have like um, llamas. Every, everything. In there. But they also have zebras. They have uh, bi- uh, bison. They have uh, giraffes, weirdly enough. Like they're, once you start getting to giraffe territory, it's like, okay, you may have something. Yeah. yeah. There is, of course, the pigs and the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the dogs and the other common, the chickens, the is, is the this like a Joe exotic situation? It might be, friend. But we didn't go oh. because my daughter was excited. She was talking about it, and then the day came. She's like, you know what? I don't want to go. I think she got a little bit timid because we had talked about how, and there was video of my sister going a long time ago, and. You can feed the animals if you want to, and they'll get really close to the window, and in some cases, like reach into the car and like feed off your food. Oh, I don't like that. No, yeah, she, and she didn't like it either. Yeah. And my father said, "Well, you know what? I'll just we'll just have my window rolled down. You'll be fine. They won't even come into your window." She's like, "I don't want to risk it." Which I'm like, "All right, I'm not going to force you to do something you don't want to do." So we didn't do that. So we just hung out more. Um, like I said, went to the trampoline park. Normally when we go to the trampoline parks up here, I'm not the one jumping. I'm the one like holding stuff or maintaining whatever I, I need to do, watching, like talking, being there for support because I'm diabetic and a lot of action unless I like really juggle it sometimes can be a lot and like it drains my sugar. Basketball, if you play like real basketball, will drain your sugar at a heartbeat, especially if you have enough insulin on board. So I thought, caution to the wind. I'm here with my daughter. My father's here. He does not want to jump. He's a retired man at this point. He's just like, all right. I just, I'm just imagining your father jumping on trampolines now. And it's the funniest thing I've ever imagined. I wish. I mean, I, I'm sure he would have loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Because it's fucking fun. I was not like, you see it and you're like, okay, whatever. But I was just running around with her, jumping on stuff, getting some major air. It was fun. There nice. were, because I am taller than most people this is made for, I could really get into some of the stuff. There was this one, like, um, swinging, uh, like, rungs. I, like, really just threw myself in the middle of this giant foam pit and got distant. It was so fun. There was this one kind of Ninja Warrior thing where you could jump up and hold on to a rope and then swing, like, 50 feet. Like, it was a long distance where you're just holding on to it. So you had to, like, really, like, jump and, like, have your momentum carry you over, like, a net or a ball pit. Super fun. Felt like you were, like, Tarzan or Indiana Jones. Drained my sugar so freaking fast. <laughs> All of my fears were true. I jumped for 15 minutes, looked at my watch, and, like, double arrows down on my glucose meter. I'm going from, like, higher sugar because I knew I was going to exercise and I right. ate extra stuff. Double arrow, like, dropping, like, at 1.60 points in a drop. And I was like, holy, this is dropping really fast. So I drank a real Gatorade. I ate something. Sugar got low, but then, you know, bounced back up. Like I, I caught it right at the uh, the lower 70s. Nice. I thought this is good. I coasted back up, but not too high. And it never really went back up higher because again, it drained. I was, it for some reason, jumping on trampolines, going at it, sweating for just 15 minutes. 
so, so much so energy. So jumping on trampolines, the same as real basketball. Yeah, same as real basketball. Okay, guys, make Just your notes. If real not bas- worse, real basketball. Because... Po- oh, so jumping on trampolines, possibly, possibly more than a real basketball. I haven't. So when I played real basketball and I dropped my sugars, I did not have my continuous glucose monitor, so I wasn't able to do, maybe just for science experiment, I'll go play a pickup game and like wait, really wait, now, is it now a fake pickup game or a real pickup game? Well, I say, a, huh. huh? I did say a real pickup game and is not it? a fake one. Huh? So I don't know. I, I guess is one it, is that it real basketball? Alex, I want to find out what about fake basketball. If you play fake basketball like a little bitch, uh, what happens then? <laughs> what happens then? So in my mind, fake basketball would be going up and just like shooting hoops with people, not just like tossing a ball in and not playing the game. Like I'm just there shooting hoops just at different places, maybe going up for a layup, just practicing basketball. Right, right. Which my word choice is mine. Real basketball is shirts and skins is Gross. let's play to 12 points. No, make it, take it. Make it, take it's for jerks. I've always said that. I've always said that. I've all, you know, I'm well known for saying that. I you may are. have originated it. You are. And I haven't played that kind of basketball in a very long time. But when sure. I did, it, I couldn't keep my sugars up. Trampoline, again, double arrows. When you drop like 60 points in a spread of like, that when it That's takes, wild. that is, you're doing something. <laughs> You are burning the energy inside of you. I don't know. Um, but that was fun. So we did other random kind of things. We went to the church. Um, we went to the park. My, I, I say church, again, atheists. Clearly, we're, we're a show that does not shy away from, uh, if you're a new listener, in our in our soon-to-be 15th year of Ramjack, um, we, my, my mother works at a church, so we went there and visited her, and then we walked around. And just normal sightseeing of things. Nothing crazy. Just a fun, just a fun low-key trip. Nice, nice. What have you been up to, friend? We haven't talked in like a week or two. I know, I know. It's been a while. I wasn't sure if you were even back this week. I, I was I was surprised at your messaging. I was like, oh, wow, okay. I, I need to watch TNT when I get home. <laughs> um, didn't realize. I've, I've had, I mean, I've had some, I've had, I've had some adventures. Uh, I went to uh, a new uh, tiki bar. In town, uh, me and uh, Tammy and Dan, we went uh, Friday evening to a to a new spot. Um, it's still actually in previews currently, so it's a uh, it's oh. a hot ticket item, hot ticket item. Uh, but uh, Dan was able to snag us some reservations uh, a couple weeks ago, so we were able to to finally get in there, and it was a, it was a fun time. Awesome. It's uh, it's called a permanent vacation. So, um, it's, it's really fucking cool. It's really, really cool. It's like, so basically there's like a sports bar and then like there's a door that you go through and you're in a tiki bar. (laughs) It's real weird. Like a normal door? Yeah. So you walk through the sports bar and then in the back there's a door and you open it and then you're in the tiki bar. So like, like, well, there's like multiple door entry doors, but like you go in one and then you take a right and there's, there's like a big door there and it says like staff only. And it's like, oh, what's this? Oh, so we go in there. And then you're in a tiki bar. Tiki bar. It's real crazy. Deception that staff only was there. Right. Well, because, you know, you don't want riffraff going in there. Because, you you know, you got to have a reservation. Um, You've got a two-hour limit once you're in there. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Is there, in the same way that they use those little coaster-looking things to let you know when your table is ready, do they, could they use that? And would anyone have the audacity to use that as a timer? Like, okay, here's your, here's your coaster. When that buzzes, your two hours is up. Get the hell out of here. 
here, um, or is it on the honor system? Well, no, because well, they're kind of because again, it's it's not very big. Like it's, I mean, it's you know, it's a well, it's a small tiki bar, but again, yeah. it's a bar inside another bar, which is um, cool. Yeah, it's a secret bar inside of another bar, uh, which is real weird. But I know because like the the waiter's really kind of you know watching the time and stuff. Oh, um, and they they let you know it's like, hey, by the way, you know, you've got about half an hour left. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah. So also because like the we were getting you know drinks and food and and they were, you know, it takes it took a while for stuff to get to us which was it was a whole other thing like we we order stuff and then like it's a while before we get those first drinks. That's and, pretty nice. Yeah, and then the food like was a, quite a while. But you know, again, they're in soft, you know, launch. They're still figuring shit out. Um, but the other thing is like because like it's a tiki bar and the drinks are kind of strong. You, they like have a rule that you're only allowed to have one drink at a time. So you can't okay. be like double fisting drinks. Which like okay, that would be you know reasonable. Mm-hmm. Except the fact that again, the, the drink it took a while for the drinks. To get there, so you know we get our drinks and you know we're you know we're having drinks and everything and and it's like you're like hey do you guys uh, want our reorder or something and we're like yeah absolutely we're gonna get another drink so you know we put another drink in assuming it's probably gonna be you know a fair amount of time before we get a drink um our dr- second drinks get there I'm still trying to finish this first drink oh. so I I had to rush it a little bit on that first drink um to knock it out so I get that second drink so interesting that was that wasn't great but I mean you know <laughs> that's you my only real complaint. But uh, no, it was it was fun. I um yeah, like they've got like different levels of of strength of their drinks, and of course, you know, I start off with a strong one. I got a, a Grant's Tomb, which is rye, Bermuda rum, uh, lime. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's very good. Champion of the lime, always. Um, of course, I had to get something with a lime to start with. Um, and it also had mint. Um, like mint leaves as a garnish. So every time I look to a little drink, I'm just like smelling the mint, which is just giving me like sense memories to my childhood because we had mint at my grandparents' house. And that was cool. Nice. So that was good. Um, then the second drink I got like a, the, a it was like a coffee based drink that really and maybe because it was it was one of the weaker it was wasn't on like the the level three strength of drink that um I don't know it really just tasted like coffee <laughs> like the alcohol was like it was interesting uh, it was definitely like it was sneaky alcohol like it tasted just like coffee liqueur. Hmm. But it was good. It was good. I liked it. And it came in nice. a real neat little, um, the, like, the cup it was in was like this like bone thing. It was, it was neat. It was neat. I enjoyed it. Um, like the food. Um, so we got like, um, Dan ordered this like, uh, what the hell was this thing? It was like some kind of pork situation. And it was like, it was very big. Like it was crazy. Um, it was very good. And it came with like a kimchi. Tammy did get this like one thing that was kind of lame. It was this like, uh, um, these vegetable skewers. Um, but it didn't come with like any sauce or anything. It just like some dr- just, like some dry fucking vegetables on the skewer. <laughs> Did not look great. She was not uh, hugely impressed on that front. Oh man. Um, I got this shrimp thing, and I could not figure out what I was tasting for a while because they had this interesting breading that was like, and the thing is like it's because it's you kind know, of it's it's dark in there. They give you like little flashlights for the menus because it's kind of hard to see, and mm. all the menu items like they're very. There's a lot of ingredients listed for these. Let me pull up this real quick. Um, Why do they keep it so dark? Well, it's just, I mean, that's the vibe. The chill, low key. Let's you see. think that it took him so long because they had to go into the kitchen or the bar, and in both of those places there was another door that's staff only, that then there was an actual smaller bar, like a, that a, another bartender was in, or like another kitchen that there was just someone working in. I just mean, really leaning into that weird 
secret. I snatched some uh, photos of the menu here and I, and I shot them over. The thing is, again, it's dark in there, which is cool. It's very moody. Um, also, like, there's, like, they do cool lighting things. Like, there's certain songs, like, they'll have, like, special lighting effects and, like, fog come up. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's very, very fun. Mm. Um, but the menu is, like, there's a lot of information for these items. Like, uh, okay, this prawn of the dead. This was the shrimp thing I ordered. Uh, jumbo shrimp. And again, this is, this is even hard to read, uh, what I'm looking at here. It's a little blurry. Um, <sighs> yeah, sh jumbo shrimp, uh, something, uh, from the Sea of Cortez. Uh, Baja, fresh grated coconut, Japanese breadcrumbs, macadamia nuts. And something fried to ultra perfection served with a house dipping sauce. Like, it's all the descriptions of the food items. There's a lot of information in there, which is, you know, fine. But it's like, and I'm just like, what the hell is this thing I ordered? Like, why is this? And what I didn't know is it's heavy macadamia nuts. Heavy on the, like, I've never had something that I felt like was macadamia nut forward. Interesting. Which was, like, it was very, it was good. It was just, I was like, what am I eating? What is this, what is this shrimp, what is this flavor that's in the shrimp breading? It's macadamia nuts. And you like? Oh like, yeah, you it, think was, that it, was, it's... it was very good. It was very good. I just, it was... Unique. It was baffling at first. It's also like, at least here, even with the, uh, the amount of, uh, I would say other ingredient text, it looks like it, macadamia nuts would be like the fifth ingredient. Yeah. Not that, uh, not, I know that these aren't listed like, a, <laughs> like right. the uh, Food and Drug Administration would like where it's like shrimp being number one because it is mostly shrimp and then everything went down there. For it to be that macadamia nut heavy, it would have to be, that would be one of the first ingredients. What is the, is there also flavor text between the price and the description? That yeah. little blue line? Interesting. Oh, I, I just, actually just found a, a better image of the menu. Fucking hell. Great. Nice. Oh, thanks a lot internet uh <laughs> <laughs> the menu does look cool yeah yeah it's 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 yeah it's neat it's very neat it's just there's a lot of information that you're trying to take in in the dark so uh you know i just even keeping up like trying to figure out what was what like i like um i, I tammy was like oh well you know there's one you know at least one vegetarian option you know under under each of like the the areas which was great uh, but i was like wait but i thought there was two because i thought this was vegetarian she's like oh no 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 look if like if you look somewhere down the list there like prosciutto's on the list i was like Oh, okay, sorry. Didn't realize. Thought uh, I thought there were actually two vegetarian flatbreads, but uh, interesting. It's hard, it's hard. It's hard to tell because I'm in this weird fucking situation where I can't like it's a fucking chapter book trying to read uh, what the hell is in this thing. <laughs> I love the drink menu with oh, the pick great. your poison at the top and like the uh, the strength compass with the little skulls, which you talked about. Yeah, and then the whole thing looks like a, a map. Where there's islands and it shows you like a little illustration of I guess the glass some of these things are served in, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that that one I got there, the bone of Neil, that's the coffee thing I had. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, no, the drinks were great. The drinks were very good. And yeah, that that uh, that uh, Grant's tomb I got that, that was on the like the stronger. It was the tranquilizer level. Um, that was a that was a strong drink. It was a very good time. Wow. Yeah. I don't like the share the booty section. Sharing drinks seems weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that at all. The don't face like off. The gift. Something called the grog bowl. Just immediately, I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm out. Yeah. I don't. I don't like that. I don't I'm like not that. Sharing stuff in a bowl with someone else. 
soup or drink. Yeah. Unless uh, you're getting a ladle and ladling it out, but not there, at all. Uh, the, I mean, there was a there was some guy that we weren't sure if he was if he was just trying to meet random people or if he was with people that we think he was pretty sure he was with the group that he left with. Um, but it really just seemed like he wandered over to somebody's table and was like having them try food, and it was very strange. That is weird. Didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. I mean, how else are adults supposed to make friends after a certain point, Brad? Unless you put yourself just, out there. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Give me one of every appetizer and the names of everyone on that table, please. Ugh. Nope. It's not how it works here, sir. Mm-mm. Your two hours are almost up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like that. No, but it was, it was really cool. Like, I, I posted some photos on Instagram. Um, a lot of fun stuff to see there. It's just, I, it, the theming is really cool. I think we're going to try to to get over there again, actually, at some point. Hell yeah, man. We can get our reservations. So. Because it's just fucking, it's great. It's a good time. It's a very good time. So, highly recommend. I feel bad because I don't remember seeing that on Instagram. But I will say this. Something that did happen in Tennessee that really made me question things. I don't have an unlimited data plan on my phone. um, Because I have awesome internet at home. And because I work here, I, I never go over my allotted gigabytes which I have like 10. That's a lot. My grandmother doesn't have internet at her house. We stayed with her. Oh. So she has internet, but she doesn't have a wireless router. Wow. And I'm like, why do you still have the internet? She says, well, they won't let me cancel it. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, well, I call and they say it's all bundled together. They can't unbundle it. And I was like, well, that's not true. Um, let's, let's, let's give them a call. And she's like, well, you're... And this is where I'm like, I really need... There are certain things that clearly my absence from home would solve yeah. this being one of them yeah. sadly i did not i was not able to get them on the phone because i was going to be like no you don't have to do that because she's paying like 200 dollars a month for something what? she's not even using oh that's yeah fucking i i told my parents call these motherfuckers and get this sorted out yeah but all that to say, I was blowing through my data because I had no other, like, Wi-Fi to connect yeah, to. Yeah, And I got down to it and was like, should I just go ahead and buy an unlimited plan? I don't I mean, use it unless I'm on vacation, but... You're on Verizon. Like, you can switch to a plan for a month and then, like, switch. Unless you're on, like, some weird grandfathered thing. That I am on a be. grandfathered thing. And it's pretty uh, cheap for nine yeah. gigs. But all the new unlimited stuff is only, like, $20 more a month. Or maybe 30 And it's that good internet. The yeah. really nice 5G. Yeah, I... My, I mean, with my VPN, I can finally connect to the Wi-Fi at work. Um, but like, I, I don't get service. Like in my office building, like, 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 I can't get a connection to like. Um, oh yeah. Very good at all. So. If I didn't work from home, I would have to go ahead and just get an unlimited plan. Yeah. I, but yeah, it was I, on the edge. I ended up just buying another gig to because I was only a few days away from like hitting my month. So I was like, yeah, I'll wait. Sure. We'll, we'll think about it. Just Ugh. in case. It's, but when, like, you're getting throttled, that is brutal. Oh, hell it's yeah. It's like, ugh, no good. Um, I also, um, after I uh, did the tiki bar, um, mm-hmm. because I had a few drinks, I was like, you know, you know what, I, when, I, when I've had a few drinks, what I really enjoy is a good horror movie. So, I was like, what's happened at the theater? Oh, look, there's the boogeyman. <laughs> Apparently inspired, vaguely based on a Stephen King story, vaguely, uh. like maybe, possibly, I, I don't think so, like barely, barely, probably. 
Because, like, I did not, I didn't feel any real Stephen King vibes, which is a good thing. I mean. Of course. Yeah, but no, I really liked it. It was a very good movie. What I don't like is that, like, you know, like, horror trends, like, there's things that seem to happen, like, you know, like, for a while, everybody's doing this kind of movie, everybody, and then everybody's doing this kind of movie. Well, we talk about, you remember we talked about Smile Monster, and how Smile Monster was, uh, because he was a trauma monster, basically. You see something traumatic, oh, you, you get the Smile Monster. So, I, this is another horror movie that's, like, all about fucking trauma. Like... Interesting. I mean, like, more like more vaguely than Smile Monster, which was literally, like, a trauma monster. But, like, it was basically, like, like their moms had died. And, like, so, like, the but the father, he was he's a therapist, but he's really... He can't talk about it, like, to the kids. And, like, you know, the kids are having issues because their moms just died and they're dealing with that. And, like, clearly that's, like, the metaphor we're working through this whole thing, you know? And this other guy... Uh, that, like, he basically brings the Boogeyman monster to their home. Like, all of his kids died because of the the Boogeyman monster got them. Oh. Um, Like, he seemingly died of natural causes, but... No, it was a Boogeyman. It was a Boogeyman monster that got them. Like, clearly, we're just doing a whole trauma thing, and I'm like, ah, this is... Listen, it's a good movie. I like the movie. Nice. Okay. But, like, could we just, like... Find a new thing? Like, can we just, like, find a new thing? Could, could all horror movies for the next three years not be about trauma? Like, just, like, interpretations of trauma? I mean, could we please do something else? Like what? Any, like anything else? Like there was, there was, there was like a, there was like that, there was a bit of time there where it was all like, like, um, it was like it follows, and there was all like, you know, um, oh yeah, like STDs and like sexual stuff. Like there was that, there was like a thing for a while, and uh, there's been, a, you know, there was a while where it was just like, um, like random serial killers for no reason killing, you know, and that was a thing for a bit. I just like we get on these little jags where like something becomes popular and then we just do it to death. Is it gonna be people dealing with trauma now? Megan, Megan, we were dealing with trauma. Like we we had like at least three <laughs> trauma-based horror movies now, and I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah, but I mean, Megan at least spun it in an interest, a different yeah. way. Yeah, but you're and, right, and I feel like Boogeyman does too. Like it's not as direct as Smile Monster. Smile Monster was literally the monster is trauma. Like, <laughs> like you see trauma, and that's how the Smile Monster gets in. So fine, but I would say this isn't a horror movie, but one of the main threads through the Dungeons and Dragons movie that just came out was trauma, like getting over. someone being responsible for someone else's death and how that set things in a weird course. And in the end, basically, you just have to burn your mom's belongings in the basement with a monster so you can all move on. Including the monster. Was the monster grieving? Like, does the monster... Was it also monsters? No, the monster's just hungry. It's just a monster. Yeah, it's a monster. It's just, oh, people that suffer trauma are just easier marks. Yeah, yeah. And it enjoys... What is it? It it likes likes playing with people for... to play with okay. food it likes to fuck around with you so it's like that's but terrifying. it's but it's scared but it's scared of light so you can that's how you keep it away you, you know keep lights at it but it's tricky it's tricky alex it's tricky it'll do things to fuck around like all, and all of a sudden like uh you think you got a flashlight but oh no the batteries just died or oh no the the plug came out of the wall or oh no um you set up all these booby traps um, but, uh, Smile Monster is gonna play dead when you think you got it, and then he's gonna get you. That's awesome. So, Boogeyman, he's, he fucks around. He's like, he's... I really wish 
He's also like he's also real creepy. Like he's like he's kind of like spidery. Like he's got oh. super long limbs and he kind of like lurks in like corners and things and in closets. Is it like a humanoid? Like is it? No. Okay, so it's like a creature. Yeah, that's smart. it's a creature. It's that's a creature. Scary. Like um, okay, imagine like the Stranger Things, like like that that spidery oh, guy thing, but like but slightly bigger than a person. Okay. But with like a head, like a Moves Slenderman fast. head. Yeah. Trixies. Oh, I'm dead. Super Trixies. Not really. See, yeah. that's scary. That's terrifying. Yeah. If it's smart it's, enough to play dead yeah. and fuck with you, yeah. if it can manipulate it can, it can reality also, in a way- It can also uh, um, like mimic human voices. Okay, now that's terrifying. So you think it's your sister, but no, it's a, it's a monster. It's the boogeyman. Is there more than one? No, there's just the one. Okay, that we know of. That we know of, unless there's more. Is it like magic or is it like down-to-earth practical thing? don't know seemingly just down to earth but it's lurked it's lurked in the shadows of humanity since the beginning of time possibly who knows at least that's what the crazy woman theorizes that 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 crazy woman's theory sounds more like a stephen king bullshit yeah that's well, kind she, of like well, the it well, it's been around whole, forever well, her whole family was killed by the boogeyman so true she spent a lot of time with it it could be the last one i can't help that it's hungry well go about it differently Ugh. it's creepy it's creepy does it eat people yeah okay why don't we feed it something else has it tried like cooked food um what if it just doesn't understand food because it's been alone for so long and then like you give it something tasty i mean well, also like a menu off of that tiki bar and it's like well wait a minute why don't you raw human that's stupid it also makes it look like you're like whoever died of natural causes so i think it maybe just like sucks out like you know souls or something i don't know i don't know what it's eating it's seemingly like it eats a person but then i guess it like spits out you know something that looks like it died of natural causes i don't know how it works it's a monster that is weird i don't think it's going to be satiated with like that a uh, macadamian shrimp you were talking about no. i wish it w- i wish it was that easy with the boogeyman ladies yeah. and gentlemen but it's not it's not the boogeyman is a complex character yeah 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 also there's a th- there's a like a a real like they they take the kids to, to therapy you know because obviously the father even though he's the father's the therapist can't deal with the whole dead wife situation understandable to a point um still you gotta fucking raise your kids uh, yeah come on <laughs> like get it together man i know it's tough but like you gotta raise your children um but he takes them to this therapist and so the little girl is scared of the dark you know because she's a she's a child and her mom's just died and there's a boogeyman living in her closet so reasonable um and and there was like hey we're gonna we're gonna work on this fear of the dark together so we got this light here and this light it's gonna be on and then it's gonna flicker off for a second then it's gonna be right back on no and it's and it's a red light so it'll be kind of darker in here but there's it's still a light there's just it's a red light so it's just but it's so it's red light now so we've turned off the other lights it's just the red light so it's kind of dark but there's still lights on in here and now it's gonna flicker off for, for just a split second and now it's back on now it's gonna flicker off and it's gonna be off for a little bit longer this time and this kid is like freaking out, and I'm like, yeah, yeah like I, this kid's been through a lot. Do we have to like torture the child with her fear of the dark right now? Does she need to? Do we need to really press her getting over fear of the dark at the moment? Could we was wait this, a little bit? Was this in her room? No, this is in the therapist's office. Okay, okay, so at least she feels kind of safe from the boogeyman, but still terrified. Because uh, it well, could be there at any moment, right? Oh, and it is. And oh. it is. It's following them. So, yeah, so as it's like red light is flipping, we see in the corner, we 
see scramble, 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 and she sees it and she's freaking out. And she's like, "There's nothing there. There's not. There's nothing in this room. It's just us." It's a how little is scary. it following them? If it's scared of light, if it's de- surely it's during the day. I don't know how this thing works. What if it's actually afraid of the dark? Like she's afraid of the dark. It, it doesn't hurt it. It's just like, oh, I really, ah, oh, I can't really do this light thing. So even it is like traumatized at the like moments when the red light is on. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's working through something too. Maybe, but it's also killing a lot of people. I so. mean, it also throws the little girl into the TV at one point, which is fucked up. And I was like, oh fuck, I think the kid just died. God damn. Wow. Yeah. Here, you just over there. Oh fuck, did I throw you into a TV? Well, I'll get to you in a minute. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. It's pretty crazy. So it's a good movie, though. I I, I recommend. Very very fun times. Very fun was it, times. Was it better than the Smile movie? I think so. Okay. Smile movie was kookier in the just like I mean, because these are just kids dealing with a monster. You know, it's like at one point, like some of like the the older girl, like her high school friends, are like you're fucking crazy. Why are you such a weirdo? God, you're being weird. Um, and they have to deal with that. Whereas in Smile Monster, everyone's like you're fucking crazy, and you just delivered <laughs> my son a dead cat for his birthday and traumatized a room full of children. <laughs> so that's a little kookier. I kind of like that. There you go. Oh, also in Boogeyman, there's like a mean girl. There's a there's a mean girl. It's one of the high school girls that's like a friend of her friend that's just being trashed the whole time. Like, you know this girl's mom just died. Why are you being so weird? Like, she really gives the girl and Chucky a run for her money. And just like... <laughs> like bullying kids that have just lost a parent which yeah. is a weird level of bully that i listen i don't think i don't think we ever had that i think that's a <laughs> that's a new thing i'm seeing in a lot of my media right now don't remember anyone uh, ever bullying like someone that lost a family member um in my school days don't know if kids are doing that now. Not that we saw. Seems pretty crazy. At least in the areas areas <laughs> that we ran in, which was mo- until high school, no one was really that removed. Yeah. So at least you know, up to high school, no one. There was at least a common decency. Like, look, if someone lost their parents, don't be a jerk. I mean, are we Maybe just trying those to make alone. like a level of like extreme bullying for TV and movies now? I, is like, is it like this is like an extreme that we can understand? Because like, I don't know. We can't have if we have someone be like you know racist or homophobic, they're automatically irredeemably evil. <laughs> we can um, quickly code them as that person's irredeemably yeah, evil. Yeah, but we we can. We can go like somehow further and not to that like you know third third rail situation. Yeah, we only got like what two hours to make these guys look. Make him a super over the top bully. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe maybe that's what it is. Because like I like I can't fathom that this is a thing that's happening. I'm not gonna say never, but I'm gonna say this is gonna be real fucking rare. Because what the fuck. I mean, never underestimate people's ability to be cruel to each other. Sure. And given sure. what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida, not to bring that up again, but yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of bullying mm-hmm. in a way there of a lot of people. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's it's possible, but maybe not as widespread or as these movies would have you believe. I hope not. I mean, there's a lot of things in movies and TV shows that aren't 
I mean, it's movie TV. They're fictional. <laughs> They're yeah. just for fun. What I, is with this trend of trauma um, being a monster and all bullies, like, making fun of dead family members? <laughs> it's weird. You had to be really fucked up to do that. Yeah. Like, I would rather you be a smile monster and feed on grief than to have you bully somebody because their parents dead. Fuck. I mean, a monster's got to eat. I understand that. Like, but nobody needs to make fun of a dead family member. Unless it's your family member. By the way, my mom's been dead for like a year and it's still fucking great. <laughs> when I was driving through Bemis, I thought, you know what? A lot of memories here. Ah. I'm glad you had, had fun at the movies. I, I hope that horror movies ditch the trend of trauma as a main thread or like a device for these monsters to, to use. I mean, I know this weekend, I think I think the new Transformers opens. And I haven't seen like the last three Transformers movies, but I'm kind of curious about this one because I know there are Dinobots involved. And I don't understand how Dinobots work because it doesn't make sense. I understand as far as a toy and as far mm-hmm. as probably a cartoon, it probably makes sense. But I see this trailer and I see like Transformers that are kind of shaped like animals, mm-hmm. but like when the Transformers transform into a car, that looks like a car. Yeah. And I'm not going to confuse that for a robot. I just think, oh, that's a car. When this Transformer turns into like a gorilla or a T-Rex, that doesn't look like a gorilla or a T-Rex. Also, there's no T-Rexes. So <laughs> you're, you're a little off on, on, on the time scale. There was a Decepticon that just really was into prehistoric like ancient dinosaurs and was like yeah if i, I mean see this movie these other I, creatures don't I'm, know the difference i'm really thinking about seeing this movie because i'm very confused like are people like oh wow can you believe it dinosaurs are real are they like wow look at that robot that looks vaguely in the shape of a dinosaur weird so i don't think that the actual dinobots are in this I, oh, okay. It would make sense there was a T-Rex because there was a di- there was like a uh, a cartoon of the Transformers that this borrow source material from which might have been inspired by something else. These are all animals or right. should it's be. Beast, Beast Wars. Beast, Beast Wars. Wars is what yes. These are. yes. But in Beast Wars there was a T-Rex and it didn't make yeah. sense even then. It was like, well there's no like you're off by a few hundred million years. It's like not even close. Like, like okay, we got Sabretooth Tiger, we got Giant Ape Band, we got Slow Moving Sloth. I don't think they actually had a sloth, but it'd be really cool if they did. Yeah. And then a T-Rex? Like in the cartoon, do they look more like what they're supposed to be transforming into? Not at all, because the cartoon was like really early 3D CGI that was on par with like the reboot cartoon. Uh-huh. So nothing really looked like a cheetah. It was just like, oh, but, did, but in did, theory did humans theoretically be like, oh look, there's a cheetah. They weren't humans. They at least got that part right. There were no other humans on the planet. It was just, they were just animals for themselves. So surely they knew that the... I'm I'm very confused. Like, I don't know what these guys are about. Maybe you should see it just for that to figure out why. Like, um, hello, Beast Beast War Transformers. I got some questions for you. Um, number one, number one, Mr. T-Rex. What the fuck? Um, number two. Um, do you guys think you look like animals? Are, is this just like, I mean, is it just like, it's just like a style you like? Like It's gotta be. You know, Optimus over here, he can look like a real truck. And like, you wouldn't even know he's a robot until he's like, but you guys, you look like, so when you're not a gorilla, like what's your robot 
form look like? Does it does it look different? <laughs> and like how different? Because it seems like right now you could just stay like live and grow. And I mean, do you change the- into like a car or something useful? <laughs> like what's your deal? The advantage of being a vehicle in our modern times is that we have cars all over the place in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a car can easily blend into urban environments or anywhere and not be suspected. And they're all vehicles yeah. for the most part. So if you go back in time to where there's animals, unless you were all gorillas or all like cheetahs or whatever, then then there's no like blending in because cheetahs and gorillas don't hang out. You'd be even more like, well, why the fuck yeah. is that weird larger than normal cheetah and that gigantic metallic gorilla hanging out? Yeah. Like, even the animals would be confused. Yeah. And the animals, like, they they, they, they have better senses. They have a better sense of smell. They're going to know that you smell like fucking machine parts. Yeah. I, unless they're duping the smell, which has got to be something else. I don't know how it works, Brad. Now I really want to go see it. See? That, like, these I, fucking transform. Again, haven't seen the last three movies. Maybe they introduced some of this stuff. I don't know. I've heard that the last two mainline Transformers movies were not that great. They were just like, okay, noise and whatever. As a I heard Wait, as opposed to as opposed to the other ones. So let that let that let that sink in for the people who were and these this was a Transformers fan who I was reading this about. I heard that Bumblebee was actually pretty good, like better than the originals, and that this follows in the same line of Bumblebee, that it that it is it's a good Transformers movie. Okay. Alright, alright. I also have other questions, because I think it takes place before other Transformers movies. Which I don't... Bumblebee took place in the 80s. So it's like a whole Fast and the Furious situation where these are going to be all over the place. I think so. I don't know. But if it's a prequel to any of it, that doesn't make any sense. This is before Han died. Yeah. But after Fast and the Furious 1... So this is when um, Megatron is still alive, but he's a gun? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And Optimus had his arm taken and they're using it as 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 a really sharp shooter. Right. Don't understand why the processor is in his arm, but look, I don't know Autobot anatomy. And Jason Momoa, there is a robotic Jason Momoa um, android, like Autobot, that really just steals the show. I just want Jason Momoa to be the villain in everything now. Well, twist part, I didn't want to say spoilers, he's actually a Decepticon. (laughs) They don't know. They don't know. And how would they know? Because he's masquerading, not as a, because the bad guy robots are also like, I think there's a scorpion. They're, They're not like cuddly animals. That's how you can tell the difference at least in Beast Wars. They were all mammals and non-mammals were the Decepticons except I guess the T-Rex is based kind of like I don't I don't think it's an avian dinosaur clearly but you know related dinosaur-ish reptile-ish well definitely a reptile but wow friend I don't know and that was forever ago and at one time someone told me everything about Beast Wars because of course they watched it and that's how I remember this Rise of the Beast okay I'm just like what the hell is even the fucking name of this movie I'm just trying to search and I'm like just getting cartoons I'm like no that's not I (sighs) weird weird Rise of the Beast it's like anyone in this movie who the fuck are these people? Probably just robots. There's <laughs> like, a whole bunch. It's just all CG. It's Pandora, essentially, I, but not as good. I don't see a recognizable name in this cast. Um, Just to mention this really quick. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Apple's new $3,500 VR rig or AR rig? I'm aware that or, it's been announced. The MR rig, technically. It's... Um, most excited thing I am. Now, I, I, I don't know if I could ever justify spending that much money on uh-huh. a device. 
So I'm definitely probably going to wait for Gen 3 or 4 on this thing for the price to come down. Mm-hmm. But, and, and maybe Disney will do this with everyone. They have a partnership with Disney to bring all their 3D movies to it so that you can watch those movies that they processed in 3Ds in the theaters there. So Avatar is coming to this thing in proper 3D. And I think all the other movies, like the Marvel movies that they did in 3D, so you can actually get 3D movie watching on this thing, which, great, because that's what I asked for many episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So that that one thing I'm excited about. But I did hear there's a tech demo part where it'll like show like a door or something just on any wall that it sees. This is part of the tech demo. And when you go over and like open it, there's a dinosaur in there and it's like, Rawr! but then a butterfly flies out and then will land on you. And you're like, what the hell? Like, it's supposed to be super realistic and crazy looking, even more so than the stuff we've been looking at, which looks awesome, like in the VR rig. So to have it look more real is is crazy. But apparently, because of the way it does the the, the mixed reality or the... Because it's not technically augmented reality... Um, there was someone who was like looking at something and then it picked up that someone was talking to them. So they just kind of materialized in the middle oh, of something. Weird. And they were like, oh my God, like it, it amazed them. Apparently it was absolutely mesmerizing. It just, and it can, it does so much of that where it just kind of like, because it's loaded with cameras that they'll be, someone can be working on something and doing something and then someone will talk and then they just kind of like appear because they're like behind something and it realizes, oh, that person's talking. It sounded crazy. Um, weird. Very weird. How long, it, how, how much will you pay for an app in this mixed reality that puts the boogeyman just in your everyday life mm, when you're wearing like, this thing? I don't like that. That's so. the next horror movie, Evolution. Yeah. I'm installing the boogeyman app and it's just going to be around when I put this thing on. You know, I realized, like, I downloaded a bunch of, like, VR horror games. Never went back to it. I, yeah, and I haven't played, I, well, I mean, I did, obviously I did uh, Duck Season, but oh yeah, um, but that's the that's the only one. And that's, that's kind of, like, low-tier horror. Was very scary though i mean what i've played terrified me and i did not get very far <laughs> it's really just it's just the vibe of that one is so scary because like it's not until the very end that actually some anything really scary happens uh, Laura said it's just mood resident evil scared the heck out of me man when that thing took my head off with a chainsaw took my head off with a chainsaw uh. i mean you don't I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta take a breath before I come back to this. Yeah. And and half like Half Life Alex is supposed to be scarier. I I've bought it. I have not played it yet. I am terrified to play it because I know it's gonna be scarier. Now I'm just gonna have to like. I brave, even like be gotten brave. off like the. I didn't even gotten off like the fire escape in that game. <laughs> like all these games I played for like a minute. Like Half Life, yeah. I was like up on the fire escape. I'm supposed to do something. I talked to somebody, and then it's like, all right, you ready to start the game? And I'm like, nah, not really. No. Yeah. I like watched all this Ooh. stuff. And I'm like, okay. I've been doing this for about three minutes now. Let me just get out of here. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract us from hardcore, like deep lore dives into the Transformers. But uh, one last thing about we Transformers, have though. I, I have yeah, one yeah, last yeah, thing yeah, about totally. Transformers. Because um, I'm now looking at IMDb. Set in the 1990s. What? Whoa. So we can get some Snapple? Well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Zima. Transformers Crazy. Rise of the Beasts will take audiences on an action-packed globetrotting adventure as the Maximals, Predacons, and Terrorcons What is a Terrorcon? Join That's... the battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons on Earth. So wait, all, so wait, you telling me before any of those Transformers movies that I actually saw, there had already been 1990s battles that not only involved Autobots and Decepticons, but also Maximals, Predacons, and Terrorcons? And, and and Optimus is in it, right? I thought Optimus came to yeah. Earth 
Oh yeah, they join the battle with the Autobots and the Decepticons. So we have these three groups that are already like, you know, you know, that's a thing. And they're going to join the battle with the people we know. And this all happens before any of the other movies. I mean, yeah, Witwicky is like a child or like not even born yet. Yeah. Okay. So apparently the Terracons, because I did not know what these were, clearly Decepticons, they can transform into frightening beasts, but then they combined into a larger beast. Ah, what about it? What's a what about it? Oh, apparently, hold up. Predacon, what's a Maximal and what's a Predacon? They are also can sometimes ref- used to refer to zombies created by Dark Energon. <sighs> like, Transformers is confusing. I don't know anything about this shit, and it's weird. Well, I hope you find out, friend, and come back to the podcast and at <sighs> least bring a notepad or something or like... And just write the answers down to these questions as they come up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah this looks so stupid. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't even, like, deal with this fucking gorilla transformer. Why is a robot turning into a gorilla? I know it kind of explained it in Beast Wars, but not really. Again, this was so long ago. I was a child. I can only remember, like, some visuals and some minor stuff. I had one of them, I think. But you don't remember why or how I had it. Like, the poster has, like, a, has, like, a rhino on it and, like, a bird fuck is this shit <laughs> you'll find out Hansies. or go see a different movie who knows it's it's up to you <sighs> weird weird oh wow i didn't know that peter dinklage was in this in transformer yeah the new one yeah oh really did i miss him ron perlman is in it what why are they why are they on the top of the cast fucking imdb sucks now why is imdb so useless Pete they give me the top davidson cast. is playing you're giving me the top cast and you're not naming anyone that i've actually heard of yeah, there's tons of people in here in this fucking movie. Why is the top of the cast all people no one's heard of? There's some big stars in yeah. this. Yeah, there are. They're just not on the... They're just at the bottom of IMDb's list. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh, Ron Perlman, like, Leslie Stahl as herself. Okay, that's that, was a, that makes more sense. I was like, well, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, well... Uh, I, oh, I guess because they were just voice actors, and I guess they're putting, like, human actors first? Okay, guess. But, like, this one guy, he's a voice actor. I, I don't understand this. This is why the writers are striking, because everything's stupid. <laughs> Don't understand. Oh, wow. Wait, there's... Okay, Optimus Prime and Optimus and Optimus Primal? Are they related? Surely. I think all Primes are related, because they're the only... Prim- um, but he's a Primal. Optimus and Primal. Are Primes and Primals related? I don't know. Are they cousins? Hello, I am Optimus Prime. This is my cousin, Optimus Primal. We're <laughs> named after our grandfather. I guess, since they're the only robots with last names... Or any second name or designation. Like, what if they, What if it's all just that lazy? Like, yeah, there's a Bumblebee, and then there's a Bumblebuzz. <laughs> Weird. But he's actually a bee. I don't understand. You're going to have to see this yeah, movie. Yeah, because it's tell nothing me whether... but questions. It's nothing but questions. Alex, I want you to prepare a list of questions. Next episode, um, I will answer your fucking Transformers questions. But until then, friends, it's that super special time of the week where we talk about TNT. T.S. Turner was a city smart kid fighting his way off the street until he was framed for a crime he didn't commit. Amy Taylor was a young crusading lawyer. She mounted an appeal to put Turner back on the street, this time in a suit and tie, working as a private detective. Together, they are TNT.
we're gonna have a minute to summarize this episode oh boy to the best of our abilities now well the the title is now you see it mm-hmm. apparently it was uh first debuted on june 20th 1988 so I think it's your turn, Brad, because I, I think I summarized last time, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, it is. It is my turn. I'm just trying to figure out. So, is yeah, I'm I'm still I, I'm still confused, a little confused about the plot, but uh, you know, it's 1994. The Maximals, the Predacons, attack. Oh, you meant of this, not not right, Transformers. Right. We'll still right. be confused on that no, until that, you're done. That will be forever. Until you forever see it. Always confused. But uh, yeah, this one's also confusing. Which is more confusing? This episode of TNT are Transformers uh, Beast Time something or other? The most confusing thing to me about this TNT episode is because it's it's kind of straightforward-ish. But the questions I have around it are more of like, but how? And mm-hmm. but like how? And you'll understand when Brad gives you the summary. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go under, um, you're a chump. If you go over, you've forgotten how to summarize. So hopefully you catch it right at one minute, Brad, and do yeah. all of us proud. Mm-hmm. Like I know you can. Uh huh. Think about who was in it. Think about mm-hmm. the fashions. Yeah. Think about whether or not one character's voice on the phone was truly their voice. Mm-hmm. Yep. On go. Three, two, one, go. All right. So this episode, we start off when we've got a psychic that's helping the police try to solve a crime. Um, and she kind of sees it, but kind of doesn't. She's very bad at being a psychic. But the cop's like, fuck this. I'm eating an apple. Um, we cut to TNT, and they're helping this kid, whom I, I think is on drugs, but he's not on drugs. I think they edited the episode to take the drugs out of it, but he's just delivering drugs, but he's not on drugs. T's trying to help him clean his life up, but he's not on drugs so why is he got to clean up his life questionable um but uh now the psychic is like hey amy amanda i need you to represent me because the police fired me even though they didn't hire me and i'm mad about it because they made fun of me for being a psychic and they're like oh well that's <laughs> illegal clearly how is that illegal i don't know but they're like hey uh detective jones is like hey could you help us solve the case anyway we'll apologize it's like um no and then she does and it's the cop of course it's the fucking cop because it's always the fucking cops don't trust the cops fuck the uh, cops. One minute. How does he still do it after 14 years, ladies and gentlemen? They definitely edited this episode in crazy ways, right? Heavily, heavily. Like, the, the plot was wildly changed. Because there is no way this kid's not on drugs. <laughs> the whole kid subplot still doesn't truly make sense to me, other than I guess he is... One of the things that helps T figure out that the cop is the one who may have killed these people. Yeah. Because at first, I was not sure what was going on. I, I like, yeah. And, like, also, like, just, like, there's places where, like, there's, there's, I feel like there's some ADR, because there's times where people are talking, you don't, and, like, they're turned, so you don't see mouths moving, so I'm like, okay, they inserted some dialogue there, like, I, I don't know how, what this was originally, but I'm pretty sure that kid was definitely on drugs, because he's playing it like he's high as fuck the whole time. Oh, yeah. But they go out, Mr. T goes out of his way to say that he's not on drugs, but he also says that with his back turned to the camera, so... (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what happened to Canada's like, you can't show a kid that's on drugs. (laughs) Very weird. But yeah, we start off and uh, we got this psychic um, hanging out here helping the police. And this fucking main cop guy that we're dealing with, Detective Thompson. This guy, like, sketchy as fuck. Alex, 
Was there a second in this episode where you didn't think he did it? The cop? Yeah. No. Like, from get, first of all, he's wearing, like, a big, weird, fur-like, lined, like, coat, and, like, eating an apple like an asshole. <laughs> like, I've never seen somebody eat an apple in such a douchebaggy way. And, like, I get it. I would be annoyed to have, like, a psychic, like, wasting my time. I mean, yeah. But... I guess that was par for the course in this time, because people, cops used to, and I hope do not continue to, use psychics. Well, I mean, I feel like they they barely did back in the day. It just, it always makes the news when it does, because it's so stupid and kooky. Um, so it always gets overblown. But, like, I, 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 surely we're not still doing that. But I, I would be hope surprised. not. I would not be surprised. But I think there's also less people pretending to be psychics now, just because it's, you know, we're better at probably catching dummy liars. Yeah. The psychic, is a guy has moved more toward crystals and personal energy and not so much. Also, cops aren't really in, worried about solving cases anymore. They're more worried about, you know, covering up for the cops that did the crimes. So. True. Well, maybe in Seacouver it's a little different, but I don't know. Doubt it. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> not from what I, I've seen. So in the beginning, we see the flashback because she's walking through the crime scene and she gets a psychic flashback where we see her white eyes hovering in the middle of the television. And then the rest of the space around her is the recreation in her mind, supposedly gazing into the past of the space um, and seeing... A, a botched drug deal, someone turning on the folks and then starting to shoot at them. Yeah. And we're led to believe through this, or at least from what I'm shown, Brad, and, and unless I'm mistaken, I think one of the things that, that happens in television and movies is that you really only have to go on either exposition or what they show you in the film. So am I supposed to believe that this woman can truly gaze into the past and is a true psychic? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Now, here's another thing I'm confused about. Who is Valis. I was not prepared for a pop quiz. I don't know who Valis is. <laughs> so I, one of the drug, I thought that like that the main drug dealer, I could not figure out who who was supposed to be who. Um, because I know that they're saying the name Valis a lot. Like he's the main drug dealer. And the reason I ask is I'm looking at IMDb and I see that Valis is in the episode played by Ken Kersinger, whom also played uh, Jason Voorhees in Freddy vs. Jason. Um, he's like a stunt guy. He's in a ton of stuff and he's a big guy. But I didn't realize that that was supposed to be Valis. Because I thought Valis was the main drug dealer. So I'm guessing he's the guy that gets killed first. Because what we find out later is like the, uh, the little guy that I thought also got killed apparently didn't get killed. He's the one that gets killed later. I thought both guys got killed in this, you know, first psychic scene we're seeing. But only, only Valis, the big guy, got killed. The other guy got away, which is why he gets killed later, I guess. They try to find him. Yeah, and I thought which they makes were both sense, working but... for Valis. I thought Valis yeah. was supposed to be the main drug dealer. And also, I'm not sure, is like detective guy, is he just like a punisher guy that's killing all drug dealers? Or or is he, like, involved in the drug trade himself? Could he secretly be Valis? I have no idea. I mean... And I don't know if it's ever made clear, to be honest with you. It's not. I mean, I, I didn't... I I thought either he was Valis or there wasn't a Valis until I'm looking at IMDb and I'm seeing that Ken Kersinger played Valis. But maybe, again, this is the same IMDb that says the character's name is Soapy and that uh, um, Amy is Amanda. But also the credits say Amanda, so... At one point... There is, which I was not sure what the fuck was going on. And I thought, oh, this is just TNT doing its thing where there's like a 
a vignette of something else happening. There's a lot then, of vignettes in this episode. Oh, yeah. But the one where there's the giant guy that the cops mm-hmm. are trying to wrangle. Yeah. Is that Valis? And I just completely missed it. No. I thought no. that was just some rando that they were concerned about because no, he was that, just so big. That guy's too old to be to be Ken Kersinger. Yeah, right? I mean, that doesn't make... Yeah. I was just he, trying to... He is dude, gigantic, though. He is a massive human. Um, oh, also the psychic. Um, this actress also plays Bator in Star Trek. Uh, of oh. Lursa and Bator, the Klingons um, from Generations and Very a bunch of cool. episodes of Next Generation. So that's fun. I know that T has a, a strong desire to help this kid out who apparently was shoplifting and Amy and Amanda got him off somehow. Well, I guess. he says he was he was just trying on a coat. Yeah. And she's like, well, maybe next time uh, find a mirror instead of just wandering around. So apparently, like, they arrest Like, I don't know if he was really shoplifting or not because he seems so high that I'm like, it's very possible that he was just wandering around wearing a coat that he was trying on and they thought he was shoplifting. I can't tell. Because, again, I can't tell what the fuck's going on in this episode. <laughs> But uh, he's like, well, I don't have any money, so I can't pay you. So uh, thanks a lot. And then Guess I owe you one. Amy Amanda gives T a look. And I was like, wait, are you, does she want him to beat him up to get money? <laughs> like, what are we doing? And no, it's a, uh, hey, why don't you go help that wayward child? Because <laughs> that's kind of your thing. Which I wasn't sure. Like, again, it's hard to read sometimes. It's, I mean, to be like, how Amy Amanda wants something to happen can change. That's very true. She is so for her. Her to be like, go help this kid out, and then for her to be as harsh on Sophie slash Soapy is weird. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's but basically he's like, hey, uh, hey, are you hungry? I I get uh, I'm ready, I'm gonna go go for a snack. I'll buy you a sandwich. And he seems very appreciative of the idea of getting some food. So I, <sighs> all right. So then uh, we have Amy Amanda's on the phone, and uh, Psychic is talking to her. Um, we got to talk about a lot of things that are happening in the background. First of all, when she's on the phone, there's a woman in a blue shirt, and these like l- like like elbow length black gloves goes up to the other phone, and I'm like, what's what <laughs> is your mystery, weirdo? <laughs> Very strange. Like I don't know what's going on with her. But also we've got some comedy transphobia, which we love to see Uh, love to see it (sighs) i mean there is like i you know i don't know this is a trans person or just a cross-dressing situation but um the uh, there's a there's a guy with a terrible mullet if anybody should be ashamed of how they look it's this dude with a mullet that is arguing with this person and it's one of those bits where there's a vignette happening and the only bit we ever hear is this other guy saying you're a man you're why you're you're really a man and i'm like why am i seeing like fucking like uh why is louder with crowder happening during tnt this is not okay I don't need to be seeing Steven Crowder hiding in an episode of TNT. It's not cool. Yeah, very weird. Don't like. It. And then at some point, like I like like mullet guy pushes this other person over and into Amy Amanda. And Amy Amanda gives a look like, oh, bunch of weirdos. And I'm like, fuck you, Amy Amanda. <laughs> now that may have been just a look of, hey, you you shoved me. Um, you fell into me. But I read it as blatant uh, transphobia. 
Which it is. I mean, let's be honest, it is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Knowing absolutely. Amy and Amanda, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But then they, like, wander over to where they're doing some, like, work on, like, the water fountain. And they get sprayed with water. And now they're like, oh, my gosh. Everywhere we go, weird things are happening. And get she's on the like, elevator. Hey. And she's, like, trying to explain her case. Like, listen, when I get angry about something, I just really get angry. And she's like, well, what are you angry about? Oh, what? What What do you What do you want? What's your deal? Oh, I got fired from my job. Well, I can't say really my job because I never actually technically hired me but I well I, they, they dismissed me and they were very rude about it oh well, who is this the police oh that's well that's weird so what, what do you do for the police I'm a psychic elevator close <laughs> I'm sorry what I'm sorry what's happening yeah 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 it's just you're psychic so and next we find out like they go to the police department I guess to talk to Detective Jones on behalf of their client their client Alex, pop quiz. Mm -hmm. What is the charge? <laughs> I didn't know there were charges. I, she's. I mean, they. She hired a lawyer. What is the? What does she need a lawyer for? Maybe to sue them for for Being wrongful rude? termination. I mean, she was never an employee. She was more of like a, a freelance contractor. Which was she even on the books? I, like, she, I don't even think she was getting paid because later when they go back, she did out of the goodness of her heart. That's what they said. They because later Texas was like, well, you know, when she's like, they're trying to get her to, you know, help him out again. He's like, well, maybe we could even pay you this time because like she was doing this, she was volunteering her services. So what is she getting a lawyer for? Because they were rude to her. My volunteer job dismissed me. Um, and because Amy Amanda says something about it, like um, something about it, a threat to her reputation. That doesn't make any sense. She's a fucking psychic. She's a volunteer psychic. My livelihood is threatened. If the cops won't hire me, then if other people figure this out, they might realize that I'm a psychic and what that might mean. I mean, if you can't talk shit to somebody that is helping with a murder investigation that pretends to be psychic. I mean, I know this in this TV show, she actually is psychic. But regardless... Like, if you can't talk shit about somebody that says they're a psychic and is going to get involved in a murder case, who can you talk shit about? But just to throw this out there, Amy Amanda is open to the idea of the supernatural. T is not. T's like, look, show it to me or it's not happening. And Amy Amanda uses some weird logic to try to, to try to really... Because Amy Amanda believes this woman is a psychic. I don't remember what she said, um, but there was some metaphor oh, yeah. or like she... You, what? Um, haven't you ever, like, uh, um, heard the phone ring and know who's calling you? And Mr. T's like, no, haven't. She's like, well, well some I have. Yeah, some people have. And there's some people that just have a, a, a different perception on the world and can sense these things. Can Amy they? Amanda, no. No, they can't. No, they can't, dummy. No, they can't. Can you sense what a what a reasonable case to take on is? Because I don't think you can. <laughs> like, um, if you can sue the cops for being rude, I mean, then you are going to then you should be making a lot more money. Because manzi oh manzies, you're gonna clean up. To be honest, I was kind of disappointed that the detective was in this episode, only because we did not get a proper Soapy slash Sophie or Renee or anybody. Yeah, no Renee, no Aunt Martha. Technically, we kind of supposedly had a Sophie, so Sophie. In, in script alone. Yeah. Also, like, awkwardly fit, fitted in between Mr. T's lines. Which <laughs> is very funny. Like, the ADR in this episode was over the top. The, um, 
I mean, I'm not, the whole episode kind of blurs in my mind at certain points. So they go to see Detective Jones. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you were rude to my client. She's like, I listen, what What do you want? Do you, I, listen, you know, uh, this This is a hotshot detective guy. He's new. He's, he, he came from the city. He's, he's from homicide and uh, he's in, he's, he's from like the drug unit. He's just, uh, you know, he was probably, a, he was probably a little out of sorts, but hey, what are you going to do? He's a cop. We're douchebags. <laughs> And she's like, no, my client has a very strong case. <sighs> All right, well, what do you want? We want to apologize or what What, what do we got to do here? It's like, yes, we want a formal apology uh, because you've impugned her good name as a psychic. He's like, fine, whatever. She's like, well, you're the one that hired her. You're the one that brought her into this case, fool. If you think it's so such, such dumb bullshit, why did you bring her into this? Great question. I mean, the question. Yeah. He's like, all right, fine. <sighs> Meanwhile, everything weird's happening in the background. Yeah, there's that giant guy that's like trying to avoid being arrested or something. Also, when they leave, there's something going on with the coffee maker that like, I there's like a guy. Is he is he working? Is he fixing the coffee machine or does, is he inside the coffee machine? That's a good question. I don't remember this part. I'll oh, have yeah. to like scrub the video to see. Yeah. I know Agent Jones won't be happy about this because he's always trying to bump money off people to buy a coffee. No, this is at the uh, like right around eight minutes. Um, like, oh, that man is inside the machine yeah, trying to fix he's it. He's like fixing it, but then he's got like a little tube, like, the, and he's just like a, got a little gun that sprays spraying coffee into a cup for Detective Jones. I it's, hate that I missed this the first time around. This is amazing. Oh, it's so bizarre. It's so weird. But I think good for a closing episode for a season. Not that they knew what would be the closing episode, given how television was filmed back then. Because he always talked about coffee in this episode, like in every episode before this. So for for one of the last things we see him on screen. With, I know we've seen him later in this episode. For him to just walk up casually talking to T and them not even acknowledge that this coffee machine is busted. There's just a dude sitting inside of it. Just, I guess, manually pouring coffee out of the tube, like you said, and handing it to people is fun. It's a nice little button. Very strange. Hard cut to the shooting range. We just see people... shooting old um revolvers yeah also like another place you can tell this is canada after like they they do their like shooting um then like uh, like a voice comes over is like please empty your weapons now so i guess you have to you have to make sure you empty out all the bullets before you leave the shooting range which you know in america that wouldn't be a thing it's like all right now that you're done shooting make sure you load up on your way out gotta be ready gotta be ready in case someone knocks on your door or just comes up to you and doesn't say something you like. If you feel threatened, yeah. If some, if, if after you break some child's iPad, if their parent comes to like yell at you for breaking their iPad, you know you need to be ready to shoot through your front door. Jeez, Florida, is that guys. a real Florida. is that a real story in Florida? Yeah. Oh yeah, Jeez. that's happened. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, crazy white lady uh, uh, shot shot a mom whom uh, yeah, basically cra- fucking crazy white lady was yelling at kids for playing in a field near her pro that's apparently possibly on her property. Um, but it was like, also next to an apartment complex. It's in between an apartment complex and this woman's house, and she was yelling at the kids to get off her property, and like they ran because she scared them. They left their iPad, went back to get it. Um, like the the racist white lady like apparently like hit the kid and like took the iPad and threw it and cracked the screen. So the moms went to her house to be like hey what the fuck and instead of like saying hey I'm a racist lady she just you know shot through the front door and killed her. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, cool. Um, There's been a lot of public outcry so there might press charges now. No. That woman goes to jail. 
Well, they might press charges now. They didn't originally, but there's been enough public outcry. They might be pressing charges now. Why would they not press charges? That is clearly, this woman should be behind bars. Well, she should not have guns. Um, But Alex, if someone came to your front door and was yelling, don't you have a right to murder them through the door? No. Um, Alex, she's on their property. Um, If you're on somebody's property behind a door, you could, that's dangerous. You should, I, couldn't you be able to defend your door? What if she was knocking a very roughly. It could have damaged the door and her property value. Was she, like, banging on the door and yelling? Was she trying to come through the door or the window? And was she armed? And even then... Sounds, I don't know. Sounds like a justifiable homicide to me, right? <laughs> sounds like a, just like, a straight-up homicide. what is going on right now? Yeah, that's nuts, man. <sighs> and any one of these people shooting at the shooting range in TNT could shoot through a door. Because some of these people, from what we're led to believe by cutting of the camera, are really, really good with a handgun, yeah. which is not easy to shoot and be accurate on. We're talking one guy is shooting through the numbers that are in a row. Uh, the main guy, that uh, the cop that we're uh, following that is, is a murderer, is just shooting in the center of the little area and hitting most of the marks. But there are some yeah. sharpshooters here. Also, I noticed that like un- like his t-shirt that's like under his like button-up shirt is got, got like a skull on it. Like, is he like a Punisher? <laughs> like, what's he happening? He might be a Punisher type. I don't, <laughs> dude. I honestly do not know. I don't understand the plot of this episode. <laughs> like, I know sometimes it's weird, but this one I genuinely don't understand. <laughs> I only watched it once, and I hate that. Like, I really wanted to watch it multiple times. I so watched I, it twice, I and get it, it did not help. I like, know that. <laughs> I was going for a third, but it uh, didn't happen. Amy Amanda visits the, the cop at the shooting range, just asks him a series of questions. I don't remember what they are, but I know that he leaves kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's basically like, she's basically like, why were you so, why were you so mean to the psychic lady? I, seriously. <laughs> Listen here, copper. Be nicer to your psychics. Uh, she also makes an appearance and is like, she's a lawyer. Respect her. Well, she starts asking the wrong question. We know that this guy's a murderer and a killer. So she yeah. starts asking questions that get him aggravated. And of course, she's a woman and it's the, the 80s. Well, so he's like... And, and this is also why I think he may be a Punisher situation. Because he's like, hey, look, it's just another dead drug dealer. Who cares? Yeah. She cares, buddy. And he's like, what? So Mr. T's there and can bring the muscle and suddenly his tune changes. He's like, look. Let's just all relax, as Brad said. Just a drug dealer. Yeah. No big deal. It's not like it's a boogeyman in the top of the, just like crawling on the ceiling or anything. Ugh. Ugh. So creepy. Great movie. Um, so we go to Danforth Dick Decker's gym. Yep. And Mr. T is playing pool. We'll be talking about playing pool a couple of times in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like sometimes they just figure out, like, hey, what if we had him doing this fun little thing <laughs> during the scene? <laughs> There's a lot of this fun stuff in this episode, which, again, I, I really appreciate for a, an episode that is supposed to be the final episode, at least. Yeah. Because Decker's wrapping a dude's hand and T's trying to talk to him about what's going on. And Decker's like, psychics are real, man. I took a fucking night class about <laughs> psychic phenomena like are paranormal stuff yeah yeah uh, also he calls like psychics what was it a pre precognitive and uh um something it was like precognitive and then retroactive like, re- yeah retroactive psycho psychoactive psycho uh psychic phenomenon or something 
And Mr. T's like, what the fuck are you saying, dog? And meanwhile, um, he's just, he, by the way, he's wrapping this guy's hand, unwrapping it, and wrapping it again, like, three times. He just can't do it right. <laughs> and there's another guy that's playing pool with Mr. T that's just giving constant shocked faces. <laughs> like, what? He's huh? cheating. They're moving the ball around. Oh, my God. When the other so one's great. not looking, they're both cheating at pool. Is that what's happening? Yes. Because Mr. That. T looks at Decker, and the guy's, like, waiting and watching, and he, like, slowly moves a ball over. Mr. T, when the other guy turns around, straight up moves the cue ball, like, inches. Like, just grabs it, not even trying to be sly about it. Oh, my God. That's so great. That's so great. That's the best part of, yeah, this oh. whole thing. I was just so taken in with, like, the hand wrapping and As the faces. And Decker's, like, weird slick back hair. Decker's mystery life of going to school at night and taking classes about paranormal activity. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on in this. So much. So much. Why isn't Sophie slept Soapy in that class with him? Uh, yeah. Why aren't they? Uh, they need to be in a class falling in love. I want All them I want. to have the spinoff TNT <sighs> nights where yes. it's them going on paranormal adventures. I want them to go on sexy paranormal adventures together. <laughs> like, that's the X-Files we deserve, goddammit. Um, Mr. T, at the end of this, asked Decker if he needs help around the gym. And Decker's like, yeah, I guess. I Cool. I got a guy. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So we cut to the city at night. And uh, some people are leaving, like, a club or something, including, like, our little guy from the beginning, apparently. I didn't realize at the time. I didn't realize it was I the same either. guy. Um, but, like, yeah, and he's hitting on this woman. He gets shut down. He's like, all right. So he goes to his car that's, like, in the alley. <laughs> just, like... So weird. In the alley. <laughs> Strange parking choices. Like, it looks like a nice car, too. Um, he's dressed nice. Yeah, he's dressed nice. He gets in his car. He's like, oh, he dropped his glove. He goes to get his glove. Oh, here's now here's our dark, shadowy figure. Um, Got a silencer on his gun. And he shoots him and kills him and starts to drag him away. And some lady clearly sees him dragging the body. I thought this was going to be our psychic lady. I thought maybe our psychic lady was a fake that was just witnessing crimes. <laughs> and that's how she was trying to report, like she was pretending to be a psychic. But no, this is just like a random passerby that's apparently not our psychic lady that sees the crime. And then uh, we cut to the next day and Detective Jones has brought Mr. T to the crime scene. And they're talking about the victim. And they say he didn't have any, any, any um, like regular... Um, um, address hmm. and I'm like I know he's supposed to be a drug dealer but like we see how he's dressed we see his car like it's not like you know he's like it's not like he's another kid like that you know our weird kid in this episode like what do you mean he doesn't have a regular address this guy looks like like he has a day job and like day trading or something yeah. like he's he's making money definitely the, the drug dealing is a side hustle this man has an establishment he might have a family for all we yeah. know yeah so I mean he is technically uh well, no, he's not Val. Sorry, he's Ripley, the dealer. Oh, he's the dealer. And according to according to IMDb, he is Ripley, the dealer, in parentheses. So Really? So, yeah. He was selling drugs to Jason I, Voorhees, who was named you know, Dallas. <laughs> the more we talk about it, I guess this... I'm more game for your version of the story, whether it's true or not, that this cop is a punisher and he's just going around killing these people because yeah. he... Mr. T shows up the next day with uh, with the detective and the Punisher guy's like, look, this this can't be related to the other death. That other guy was shot in cold blood with like a shotgun or something. This guy used a silencer or a gun that was... So yeah, this is definitely not related. So like, I wouldn't even worry about it. I wouldn't even worry about it. Right. Case closed. <laughs> definitely don't bring that psychic around here. I was just waiting for another shoe to drop with this episode. I, th I thought he was going to frame Mr. T somehow. 
Oh, that would have been interesting. But like, I, you know, I, or the kid gets wasted. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't I, know. I, I thought the like, I was waiting for any of this to tie to something else, and it's just, it just keeps going on. So it's very strange. I can only see that Klingon now when I look at the woman. Not, yeah. not. To, I don't, I don't mean to say that Klingon in that way. I meant like I can only see. I can, I can see the Klingon coming from her as I look at her now. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. She goes to the, the the after they go to the crime scene and see the dead guy. Amy Amanda still wants to get an apology for this psychic who shows up. <laughs> yeah, so she gets a she gets a formal apology from the police department. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, you can uh, here's a formal apology that we were rude to you and like fired you from your volunteer position of being a psychic for the cops. That's something else. This woman hates violence. She hates having these psychic premonitions of that, but she wants to use her powers for good, so she voluntarily, not even getting, she hasn't been paid for any of this work yeah. up to this point. And so he's trying to see if she'll help again, and she's like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, is it because that other guy is, is not here to apologize? Because he's supposed to be here. I'm sure he'll get here soon and apologize, because he's supposed to. I told him to. Um, And she's like, and that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> And like she's well, I was confused because then she's like, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like violence. I don't like, so I was like, I thought it was, I don't want to be, I don't want to do this anymore because it's scary because I don't like having these brutal psychic visions. Um, and then he's like, well, what if we pay you? And he's like, I, that's not what this is about. And, I, but then they never say. So, I mean, I guess it is that she just wanted the apology from him. Mm-hmm. But like, I read it as like, she just does not want to help anymore, which is why I was confused as to why she helps eventually. Because they don't I, make it clear. I think she just wants the apology. Her and Amy so Amanda too. are determined to get this apology like, because it's right. They want weird. justice. It's so It is weird. very bizarre. Like, grow up and shut up. <laughs> and, and as much as I dislike the detective guy, a part of me is just like, yeah, this guy's just... This is the best Detective Jones episode by yes. far. Because A, he's just paper pushing. He like he's he's gotta issue apologies from the department. He's just he's just like the he's middle management cop, and that's what he deserves. And he's trying to meet them in the middle of like, look, we will pay you for your services. Clearly, you're providing some psychic thing. And and Amy Amanda and the psychic are just like, no, I want him to apologize. <laughs> so funny. <sighs> Like ah, petty right, and strange. Well, hey, we we appreciate it. So as as they're leaving, they run into like Detective Punisher. Um, and he's and he's he's like, hey, I just want to let you know if I said anything, if I said anything that upset you, I'm just a dumb cop. What do I know? <laughs> like, <laughs> which makes me think that Detective Jones told him to say like, hey, just say you're a dumb cop and you said something dumb. Like, <laughs> you know the routine, guys. We apologize all the time. Do the dumb cop thing. They're they're fine. Ugh. So fucking stupid. And when they say that Detective Jones already apologized, he's like, oh, really? Cool. No worries. That dumb cop stuff, forget I said anything. Yeah, like, like, ah, so weird. Also, his hair is down and he's wearing a striped shirt under his stupid coat in the scene. So he looks even weirder. Is it his day off? He is not dressed for the field unless he's undercover or something. I mean, yeah, not even wearing his Punisher skull. Um, we go to T and Decker who are going to go find that kid. Um, and he's like in an apartment complex. It's kind of a, I guess it's run down and abandoned. I don't know. Yeah. Mr. T's like, hey, Decker, I'll, I'll race you to the, the top of the stairs. And then Decker's like, yeah, okay, cool. And like a puppy, he just runs up the stairs. The excitement of a child. It's Cannot so wait. so good. Gets to the top. T's just walking. And I love it because we see Decker just run up these stairs. and But the camera stays. And we see Mr. T just gingerly walking up, like not even caring. Just like, all right, I'll get there on my own time. I love when they 
get to the top of the stairs. It's so good. It's so good. It's like, I, th- I thought we were racing. Yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love Prankster T. It's great. It's so good. At first I thought, is he making Decker go up to just kind of like be the uh, the decoy? Yeah. Like, is there something that Decker, Decker's not ready for that. T would never do that. And he's not. It's just a prank. It's an yeah. innocent prank. Though something does happen later where Decker is the decoy yeah. or like, um, and it's very scary for me as a fan of Decker. Yeah. <laughs> Decker makes a lot of bad choices in my opinion. Um, but so, he's fast, yeah. thankfully. Thankfully, he's fast. So they knock on the door of this like sketchy as fuck, like ruggy flop house situation. Yeah. Like, and like there and like clearly like this place is just like this is just a den of doom <laughs> like ev- like everyone is like there's drugs ev- drug paraphernalia everywhere there's like mattresses laying around the whole place is trash there's just like a bunch of randos like <laughs> hanging around like everything looks like garbage they're like hey we're looking for billy billy who's billy what what billy's not here go away i'm coming in and he smashes through the door of course because it's mr t and like whoa what's going on what <laughs> and then billy's like hey don't worry guys I know those guys, man. I know them. They're my friends. It's cool. Don't worry about it. It's cool. I love when Mr. T just pushes the door through and it goes off its hinges and flies into the middle of the room and they look at it and he's like, I'm sorry, you must have not heard me through the door. <laughs> I'm just here for Billy. And again, like, cause again, there's so many little background things in this episode. You hear these guys in the background, that's the biggest guy I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> just drugged out. Like, Whoa, no way. And Billy's like, hey, man, hey, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, guys. Yeah, no, I just said, I, don't worry about them. Like, I just had I had to make some deliveries for these guys. And then, like, as they're, like, leaving the apartment and everyone's backs turned, we hear Mr. T's voice say to Decker, oh, he's not on drugs. He just delivers things for them. What? Delivers what? I, like, okay, he absolutely is supposed to be on drugs, right? I mean, he's strung out. I mean, he does seem a little bit more with it than some of the other, like, whoa, guys. But at the same time, clearly this kid does drugs. Yeah, he reads as, like, being hot. And, like, the way they do, the way Mr. T has that weird line of, he's not on, he doesn't do drugs, he just, he just delivers for them. Like. Delivers what? Drugs. Clearly drugs. Like, I mean. Yeah, he, drug runner. We, we do know that later. We know that he's, you know, that he's delivering drugs. Cause he's talking about it. You know, that's how Mr. T figures out the, the mystery. <laughs> um, but. I, I feel like, uh, obviously, he's, I think originally he's supposed to be on drug. And for whatever reason, the, I don't know, Canada Broadcasting was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a family show. We can't have a kid be on drugs. <laughs> I think you're right. Because, like, there's so many weird edits. And also so many of his, even his early lines, when they're talking about him stealing the coat. Like, I had to go back and listen three times because I couldn't hear what he was saying. And I think they fucking, I just think this whole thing is a chop job. I think this thing got chopped up because clearly this dude is on drugs. And it's so weird that, like, we go to a drug place. We know the episode's about drugs. He's working, he's at least delivering drugs. But it's a step too far for him to be on drugs. 
I don't. So as they're talking to him in the in the hallway, he says, look, the streets are dry out there. Sorry about the guys. They're a little on edge because I guess they can't find as many drugs as they used to. So they. So what were you doing there? If the streets have gone dry and there's no drugs to deliver, why were you there? You're not on drugs. Or making drug? I have no idea. So he's like, look, I'm still interested in the job at Decker's. Can I sleep there? I know that sounds weird, but can I can I live at Decker's? And Decker's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Tucker does give a look like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Just bunk up with the other guys that are living there. I don't know what happens at Decker's. And neither does this kid. I, I know there's a small scene between this where the detective gets a call and then, like, decides to make another call. I don't remember what it is. So, and- uh, yeah, Amy Amanda calls and says, hey, we're going we're going to the parking garage. with the, I'm going with the, with the psychic to check things out and figure out psychic mysteries. Um, he's like, oh, okay, cool. Do you want me to call uh, Detective Punisher and see if he wants to join you? No, no, no. He's just an asshole. We don't want to deal yeah, yeah. with him. And he's like, oh, okay, I understand. And then he, like, thinks about it for a second. He's like, no, nah, I better call Detective Punisher. Hey, Detective uh... Punisher. Um, <laughs> hey, could you go and punish... <laughs> I mean, I didn't want it to have Amy Amanda, but we got to kill that psychic. I, uh, hey. So then we go to Danforth Dick Decker's gym. Now, what happened between them leaving with him and him arriving at the gym? I don't understand. Had to run some errands. I think he tells them like at some point, yeah, like, hey, man, sorry I'm late. I had to go run some more drugs yeah. <laughs> on these dry streets. Uh, and again, because they're cutting, because this is also where Mr. T is inspired to figure out the mystery. But the way they're cutting, I think, again, is part of this whole we're covering up the drug shit. Um, Because he's like... Like, yeah, well, you know, I just, yeah, I, I got a call from Val, and I think he said Val is here, which is apparently the guy that's already dead. Um, it was just, a, it was too good to be true, and like, I had to, he said I had to deliver. And he's like, Mr. T is not really responding because he's in his mind palace working out a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole montage, so when he first enters Decker's gym, it's like we're all entering it for the first time. Yeah. And we have the team music, like the theme music, yeah. and we have this kid, like, enamored by men playing pool together men exercising together I know is that a punching bag I know Chris, yeah, I'll punch it once Chris commented on the last episode he's like this feels like this could have been the pilot and oh it could have been I, I don't I, I don't know I don't know about the last one but I feel like this one feels like it could be the pilot because you got this kid who's like wow this gym and the theme music's playing like this I feel like this one could feel more like the pilot than the last one but I so weird It's uh, but again I think we're covering up the fact that there's a whole drug subplot that's been chopped to pieces I mean, I wish everyone who stepped into Decker's could see it through this kid's eye. Surely they see it like this. I mean, that's what that uh, girl uh, last episode must have felt. Yeah. I just, <laughs> look, I just want to work out here. Yes, it's across town. Yes, it's not based on the day. But look, I, I just want to work out here, okay? Yeah. I know she lived close. So I'm just joking. But So Mr. T is like hearing this kid talk about this, this drug sale that he had to do because it was such a... It, I, I don't even understand. It's just a good score. These dry streets. This was like the only drip drop they had. <laughs> um... And he's hearing this and he's putting it together and he's flashing back. This last episode, it made sense. Like as much as it could make yeah. sense with the with the time of day and the sunlight and the f- visor. At least I understood what they were trying to do. I don't understand what Mr. T's putting together. Obviously, we, we've known since second one, the detective Punisher is the murderer. Um, but Mr. T's putting it together and I don't know what he's putting together based on at all. <laughs> it doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Almost as much sense as 
as the guy's going through before he talks to T, do you remember seeing the guy that was like on the two beams just going from a, a headstand position slowly like tucking himself in? Oh, I'm sorry. And then going back? Yeah. Because that was weird. Oh, what about before that? Um, You remember our pool playing friend? He's oh, playing yeah. pool with another guy that's in a full suit. You know he's he's sharking that guy and oh, cheating yeah, and every step like of the way. Yeah, and he's wearing like a cheesy like, I don't know, like a suit. So I'm like, maybe he is a pool shark. So let me get a pool shark in there. Uh, yeah, we've got this weird guy oh, man. this crazy like yeah balancing situation and then we've got this other guy that's like hitting a punching bag but as Billy comes in he's like looking at Billy and still punching but like looking to the side and like basically like showing him what it looks like to punch a bean bag yeah inviting um, him and, like hey you yeah, could be a part huh? of this man yeah you like punching I like yeah. punching shit punching shit's fun yeah it is and then he punches Bill and he pu Billy punches harder than that guy ever punched and the guy's like you're natural you should be doing this every day. I'll see you in the, uh, I'll see you in the, uh, the, I, I guess the guy's locker room. Cause now there's a guy and yeah, girl's yeah. locker room in hey, theory. Get, make sure you grab your towel. <laughs> <laughs> but then little Billy sees like actual boxing in the ring and the way the camera focuses tight and the way it works, Billy has found his calling. I think, I think he's going to get off selling drugs, <laughs> but not using them. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna live in Dallas until he gets his feet. This is his new home. So I mean, oh, uh, we've really reformed this kid from trying on coats and selling drugs. But yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just said all that because I just couldn't leave it there. Oh yeah, but no. you're right. T figures it out through sheer force of I, the workout. Wait a minute, the oh. Punisher's killing people. <laughs> Oh. I think, or there's like a drug. I don't, I'm not sure how it all works, but it does. Also, this is Mr. T's worst workout outfit. He looks terrible. It is, man. Ooh, it's like an it's like a t-shirt that's too big for him, which seems improbable, but it is. <laughs> like how, a t-shirt that looks blousy, like a tent on Mr. T. I mean, Billy is not doing. I, I know we're not talking fashion yet. Yeah. But Billy's whole look. I'm no, just it's not bad. A fan of. No, it looks very bad. The black and white flashbacks are great to be in the mind palace, but T figures it out. Well, whatever it is, because again, Brad and I are still at a loss no putting clue. it together. No clue. <laughs> but before he leaves, he's like, hey, Decker. And Decker's just standing over there, hanging out, like spaced out. He's like, what? This is that kid for the job. You know, the one that we went and got. He's like, yeah, yeah, I remember. He's ready to start now. This is your home. Welcome. Hey, uh, keep an eye on the place. Yeah, because he's... And keep yeah, an eye on those guys that are, um, like, playing, like, rock, paper, scissors in the background, too. Yeah, that's a little weird. It's a gym. What are you fuckers doing? It's where man can be man. They're rock, paper, scissoring. I guess. They keep tying? I, I don't know what they're trying to figure out, unless they're just playing for fun. I don't know what they uh, did in the 80s. I was is, a tiny child. Oh, this is such a weird place. First thing I'll do, I just watch the place while me and T go to help out. And he's looking around like, wow. He's still high. I mean, uh, I mean, he's still uh, excited about his new job. Is that why he sees everything <laughs> through a fresh pair of eyes? He's just like tripping. I so, wow. uh, yeah, we go back to this uh, um, Freddy Krueger garage um, and uh, psychic, uh, psychic Klingon and Amy slash Amanda are just walking around, taking in the vibes. 
I think Amy wishes she was psychic or had some sort of like oh, yeah. paranormal thing because that's why she is so invested in this. And uh, she's she's the visions are coming to her and she's seeing things and uh, things starting to come into focus and she sees she sees the killer in his big coat with the furry lapels. Wait, it's him. What do you do? You know who it is? No, no, it's him. You you see it? No, like turn around, dummy. It's him because Detective Punisher is there. <laughs> And he's like, look, ladies, this is great and all, but I think you're getting too close to either a drug thing I'm involved with and or my punishing night job or like what I moonlight as the vigilante stuff I do. I got to kill you. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, he's he's got a gun pulled on him. Um, but who's going to who's going to hop into the scene? Oh, it's Danforth Dick Decker. And he's calling out to them. And immediately, you know, Punisher is like got his gun about to shoot him. Danforth Dick Decker turns into a flippy guy, goes into a barrel roll, like, doing some straight up, like, Highlander shit. I love, well, I don't love, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful for Decker. Yeah. Because Amy Amanda, the psychic just kind of steps back, and the Punisher grabs Amy Amanda as a hostage. And without question, just starts shooting in the direction of Decker. Yeah. As, as Brad says, he starts doing flippity flips. He's behind, like, columns. But this guy is, like, shooting to kill wildly. Yeah. I and mean, he's really good at aiming. Yeah. We know this. He's a punisher. Decker peeks out from behind the column and looks at him like, you still got the gun? Oh, no. <laughs> and goes back. And this guy's shooting. I Decker love it. should be dead. Yeah. He should be. Oh, like, poor Decker. But he's quick on his feet. He is. Uh, um, but this gives Mr. T enough time to sneak up behind him and do a straight up Congo situation where he just like claps his ears and like, I guess makes him go deaf or something. Cause like, <laughs> I mean, T tapped this man's temples. Yeah. Like, and he, but I mean, yeah, the effect I, I think was supposed to be that he clapped his ears, which would, yeah, yeah. immediately rupture his eardrums with the force that he did it. I mean, he's luck. I mean, he may have, again, we don't get a lot of resolve in TNT episodes. He may have just had his skull like fractured from Mr. T, True. who has the strength of a gorilla and could just clap. Like I was that, really upset. Like that, that one scene in Congo that I'll never forget. <laughs> I I was really upset he didn't pick him up by his ankles and carry him and throw him or something. Yeah. Or like there was some feat of strength other than just this weird clap thing. I mean, the clap, again, because I'm just flashing back to Congo. So it was very traumatic for me. And, but in there, Congo, they just like smash that dude's skull, right? Yes, yes. The gorilla like, there's no, like, co- collapses a man's skull with the power of a clap. Given what the force that T did, but with their strengths, this guy's brain may be like jelly. Yeah. Or double. like, who knows? He's definitely deaf. Best case scenario. Oh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, his frontal lobes are gone. Mm-hmm. But he's like falling to the ground like, and he eventually passes out. They're like, we got him. So then it's Amy, Amanda, and T at night just hanging out with the light and um, like two lamps on their desk and they're just filing paperwork. And Amy, Amanda's like, you really don't believe in psychics after all this? Yeah. And he's like, no, of course not. He's like, well, but okay. Extraordinary claims, extraordinary evidence. What did you see that made you think the psychic was real? Yeah. And Amy, Amanda keeps asking questions. He's like, I don't know. No, that's dumb. What are you talking about? He's like, and then finally she's like, well, how did, how did you figure out it, it was the Punisher? And he's like, oh, come on, Amy, Amanda. I mean, think about it. Haven't you ever uh, known who was calling before the phone rings? And then she gives a look like, aha. Uh-huh. And then it freeze frames on her. But we cut from the freeze frame on Amy, Amanda back to T, who then makes a smile. And then it freeze frames 
frames on him, but then we pull out to see the whole room and then freeze frame on the room. We had a three freeze frame (laughs) ending, probably because we're trying to fill time to make up for all the drug plot that we cut out. Well, you forgot that, yeah, but also you forgot that when he says the whole thing about haven't you ever heard the phone ring and guessed who it was, she's like, see, the phone starts ringing and they both look at each other like, oh my God. And that's where the freeze frames are. In my mind, because this is the final episode again, we, we do not know. This is a forever. The phone never stops ringing. We are captured in this moment of who's going to answer the phone first. Do they know who it is? Fucking answer the phone. Oh, speaking of the phone, we forgot to talk about the, the phone. Uh, when Mr. T is at the gym, he gets the call. Uh, he calls uh, Sophie slash Sophie and asks about Amanda, Amy slash Amanda. Oh, yeah. And he's like, um, she's like, oh, oh, she, she went, she went to the, she went to the garage with the psychic lady. And, but the thing is, clearly, I, 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 again, don't know if it's Soapy slash Sophie. Um, they tell us it's Soapy slash Sophie, but they're clearly, they didn't intend to have somebody actually doing this voiceover because the, the ADR of the telephone conversation from Soapy slash Sophie is desperately trying to fit the words in before Mr. T says his next line. Cause you know. They, and it definitely sounds like Amy Amanda. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think they probably had Amy Amanda like do the lines or maybe not. I don't know. Like I, cause like Soapy slash Sophie's already doing like a weird voice to play Soapy slash Sophie because oh, that's not that necessary. That's yeah, that may just her be her actual voice because you know her the Soapy slash Sophie voice is very slow and um you know she really stretching out the words. I'm ready to get physiological. But when you have like, to rush your lines to fit in between because Mr. T didn't take enough space to, to leave it, yeah, then it might be her. It's hard to tell. And they wouldn't think that we would, I guess, hear it loud enough, but I we can guess. clearly hear it. I have no idea. Yeah, no, I... Uh... There's a weird polish on this episode that I'm not really 100%. But that's the episode. Yeah. I mean, it, it ends with them in the darkness freeze frame, like Brad said, three times as the phone rings. It's so weird. And that's the end of season one. <laughs> so weird. Worst dress to me is the Punisher with his jacket and the weird skull t-shirt. Because I just don't know what the fuck's going on with that guy. But I don't know. I could be open to a many other <sighs> worst dress in this episode. I I feel like Mr. T's workout gear is bad. Yeah. I feel like I, I feel like his his outfits I, I don't know, because the coat's kind of cool. Um I feel like Punisher True. when he's at the shooting range. Um, and he's got the skull on under the um, button up because hmm. it's also like a blue button up that looks almost like like a work like he's a janitor or something. Yeah, and I guess it's his reliance on the skull t-shirt to always be the undershirt. Yeah, that's bizarre. The jacket is cool. Uh, to be straight up, yeah, it's the t-shirt underneath it in the constant because that does, does the shirt get washed? Does he have multiple versions of this? Eesh. I don't want to know. Uh uh-uh. uh So yeah, I think shooting range is the worst. Mm-hmm. Best dress. Who's the best dress, though? Um, I like Decker wearing the turtleneck at the gym. Oh hell yeah! He's just wearing jeans and a and like a like a brown like s- turtleneck sweater. I like that. That's also what he wears when he's doing his 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 uh, um, flippy guy actions. So done. Decker best dress All in right. this final episode. All right. I don't know who wonder. Did Amy Amanda lose because she took on a case for free, invested so much time into this, and it's for a psychic who clearly... The show lets us think that she is a psychic, but in reality, no psychics exist. Uh, May I point out, she took out two two cases for free. Oh, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. And all, is she just independently wealthy and, and got just taken does this hostage. for fun? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think oh, yeah. She's got to have, like, rich parents. Like, I, she's she's basically the same as, like, Linda Hamilton on Beauty and the Beast. Like, she has, she's got a rich mm. dad. There you go. 
Um, but does that mean she lost? Does she win? Because she... I, I Well, I think Billy won, clearly, because oh, he's... Yeah. Uh, he's living at Decker's. Yeah, he's living at Decker's. He's getting off selling drugs. <laughs> he got a free lawyer and a sandwich and a place to live and a job at the coolest place on Earth. Yeah, where dudes can be dudes, except when, you know, now that women are involved. Yeah, yeah, where dudes can be dudes and ladies can be ladies. Learn new skills, learn to box. Yeah. What else do you want? It's Deckers. Yeah, we'll see if he comes back. <laughs> but who lost? Ah, uh, I... I mean... Uh, Detective Jones had to write an apology letter to a psychic. <laughs> whom he hired. And the other person he hired is a murderer. A.K.A. a cop. Under his nose the whole time. Didn't realize he was a, <laughs> his old Punisher situation. You'd be uh, surprised how many of these we get. Like, I think double embarrassed. And he's behind the desk the whole episode. And he has to drink coffee from that weird tube. He has to apologize for someone that he told to apologize. He delegated this apology. And it doesn't happen. He has to write a formal apology on behalf of the police to a psychic. Already grounds. <laughs> for loss. Yeah. He lost he big lo time. What a loser. Loser of the season. What a loser. Oh, people died in this episode and he's a bigger loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the episode. Fun times. Can't wait to go into season two, man. And we'll check back on season one and see if we slash yeah. miss anything. I think we... If there's any... I think there's at least one. There's gotta be. I want to... I, I don't want to leave season one until we know for sure. Yeah. There's no. nothing we're leaving behind. No. So, and, see, and again, when we get to season two, that's starts with a, with, a, with a long movie. It's like a mm -hmm. four-part situation, so we'll figure that out at some point. Probably take a little break before then, but... Oh, I mean, yeah, come on, we did it. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Ram Jack. <clears throat> um, did you hear about the family that left all their possessions behind to dwell in the wilderness? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it was intense. No way. Intense. Is that a Mormon joke? What did the ocean <laughs> say to Brother Jared? What did it say? Nothing. It just waved. Oh, boy. Is that... Are there um, any more? Why did Brigham Young wear a beard? I don't know. At first, he didn't like it, but then it grew on him. <laughs> you working on... Why do melons <laughs> go to the temple to get married? Why does who go to the temple to get married? Melons. I don't know. Because they cantaloupe. D Mormon jokes. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you've got a solid five <gasps> minutes. Just five more minutes and you're ready for the stage. I'll, I'll fully admit I'm from I'm pulling from LDSliving.com for these Mormon jokes. Oh, wow. Because we ran out of the other Mormon jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually went to chat GPT oh. to get some Mormon jokes. Oh. I don't have them anymore because sadly I tried to do something else and it erased them for right now, which is unfortunate. <gasps> Um, but I asked it like, hey, could you just give me some Mormon jokes? And it said, mm, I don't like I don't like the idea of making jokes about people's faith. God, I don't feel nerd. I can do that in good conscience. And I was like, hey, um, not trying to make fun of them. I just need jokes that are like something they would enjoy as Mormons that I mean, maybe maybe poke fun at themselves, but like in a in a lighthearted kind of fun way. Could you do that? Does that help? And it's like, yeah, it helps. Here's five Mormon jokes. <laughs> really want to know what those Mormon jokes were. I, I remember one of them was, how do you make a Mormon laugh? And it was tell a joke about polygamy, which I was like, okay. They weren't great jokes. Oh, that's a very bad joke. Um, and that's the only one I can remember off the top of my head of the five. Uh -huh. And I'm telling it slightly wrong, but still. Weird. Yeah. 
But Brad, I don't know if we if we have time to do this, but I do have something else um, here. It's a uh, it's a short story, a very short story that Bard wrote, um, kind of cobbling together a lot of things that we talked about. I'm not sure. Would you Would you like to do a dramatic reading? Sure. Really quick. Oh, hold up. I'll send it over to you. It looks longer <clears throat> than it is. It's not very long. It's all good. <clears throat> T.S. Turner was a detective who specialized. <laughs> T.S. Turner was a tough trying to get off the streets. Uh, blah blah blah. Um, T.S. Turner was a detective who specialized in unusual cases, like kids that aren't on drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> he has solved everything from disappearances of a pet unicorn to the theft of a priceless artifact from the Mormon Tabernacle. One day, he was called to the scene of a crime that was unlike anything he had ever seen before. A man had been found dead in a tiki bar that was secretly located inside a sports bar. The man had been tied to a tightrope and then dropped into a pit of beasts. The beasts were a strange mix of animals, including lions, tigers, bears, and even a few dinosaurs. Even even Bard gets confused with like the Transformer faces. Yeah. Like dinosaurs too. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. Turner knew that this was no ordinary crime. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I agree. Um, he started his investigation by talking to the people who knew the victim. Good job. Mm-hmm. He learned that the victim was a mean girl who had, who had been making fun of everyone in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents are dead. He had also learned that the victim had been talking to a man who looked like the boogeyman. Ah! Oh, fuck. Turner followed the lead and eventually found the boogeyman. The boogeyman was a homeless man who lived in the woods. Okay, that's inappropriate. Okay, Bard. Um, he told Turner that he had been hired by the mean girl to scare the victim. Wait, but isn't the mean, the mean girl the victim? <laughs> nope. Um, he learned that the victim was a mean girl. Yeah, the victim is the mean girl. He told Turner that he had been hired by the mean girl to scare the victim. <laughs> he said he had he had tied the victim to the tightrope and then dropped him into the pit of beasts. No, no, the, the victim was the man who was tied to the tightrope and then dropped into the pit of beasts. Oh. The mean girl hired this guy, the boogeyman, but I'm, to I'm kill just, the I'm guy. I'm going back. Turner, um, he was only crime. Um, he's by talking to the people who knew the victim. He learned that the victim was a mean girl who had been making fun of everyone in the bar. Okay. So uh, apparently Bard is also con- just as confused about this mystery as we were about the last episode of yeah. TNT and what was really happening. Oh. Come here, puppy. Um, yeah, get the puppy. Uh <laughs> He said he had tied the victim to the tightrope and then dropped him into the pit of beast. Turner arrested the mean girl and the boogeyman. Well, the mean girl was dead. Uh, Turner arrested the corpse and the boogeyman and also closed the tiki bar. Ah, tea, which he knew was a dangerous place. Well, that's because his drinks are strong. Uh, He knew he had solved the case, (laughs) but still had one question. Why the mean girl wanted to scare the victim? She was the victim. (laughs) Turner found the answer when he watched the movie Transformers. In the movie, there's a scene where a Decepticon robot transforms into a tightrope walker. Turner realized that the mean girl had seen the movie and had been inspired to recreate the scene. She had tied the victim to the tightrope, hoping he would fall into the pit of beasts and get killed. What? (laughs) Turner's investigation had solved the mystery and saved the day. He had also learned a valuable lesson about the dangers of watching movies. (laughs) What? Um, thank you, Bard for your story. Not quite to the same level as, like, I would say ChatGPT or Bing's GPT, but, you know, you're trying. Doesn't make full sense. Two victims. <laughs> the victim is also and the, the killer. perpetrator. Weird, but okay. 
I, I will say that I did over on another window. We're, we're not going to read it because it's too long. But ChatGPT went crazy with the prompt, the same prompt I gave to Bard. And it is not a short story, but it is far more fascinating. Please copy that and email it to me. Maybe I will. Is, maybe I'll read it and edit it together. There was something in here that was. They had the part where um, T. S. Turner goes to the bar, the sports bar, and he finds a door that has um, employees only on it. And I was like, I did not tell you to do that. Nice. Um, I know that could be maybe a common theme, but it's, I don't know. It was it was neat that it would went ahead. It's interesting. Yeah. Send that email to me. I will email it to you. But thank you for listening to Mormon jokes and stories that AI are telling. And the recanting of this wonderful episode of Ramjack. Uh, Brad, it is always a pleasure Indeed. to do this with you Indeed. for 14 years now. Indeed. Um, ramjackpodcast.com Facebook group YouTube channel you got things out there tell us what's going on with your summer and friends uh, please you know when when you're out there dealing with the stresses of life the the predicons the terror cons the opticons the septicons uh, whatever kind of cons you're dealing with um, life can <laughs> long be cons. Oh, long cons worst con love and a love con oh hmm. amateur hour uh, but but the thing you need to be most concerned with is the often unadvertised dangers of playing a game of real basketball. T.S. Turner was a private detective who specializes in cases involving the paranormal. He had seen it all. Ghosts, vampires, werewolves, zombies... Aliens. You name it. He was not easily scared or surprised by anything, until he got a call from a woman named Jessica, who claimed to be haunted by the Boogeyman. Jessica was a mean girl who had bullied many people in her high school. She was also a Mormon, but not a very devout one. She liked to drink, smoke, and party at night while pretending to be a good girl during the day. She had a secret crush on T.S. Turner, who was a few years older than her, and had graduated from the same school. She had seen him on TV once, solving a case involving a haunted dollhouse. She thought he was handsome and smart and wanted to impress him. She decided to fake a haunting by the boogeyman, hoping that T.S. Turner would come to her rescue and fall in love with her. She bought a mask and a cloak online and hid them in her closet. She also downloaded some scary sounds and played them on her phone at night. She then called T.S. Turner and told him that she was terrified by the boogeyman, who visited her every night and threatened to take her away. T.S. Turner agreed to take the case, but he was suspicious. He had never heard of anyone being haunted by the boogeyman before. He thought it was a childish myth, not a real entity. He decided to investigate Jessica's background and found that she was a mean girl who had many enemies. He also learned that she had a crush on him, which made him uncomfortable. He wondered if she was lying to him or playing some kind of prank. He decided to go to her house and set up some cameras and sensors to monitor any paranormal activity. He also brought his trusty sidekick, Sparky, a robotic dog that he had built himself. Sparky could detect any anomalies in the environment and alert T.S. Turner if something went wrong. The first night, nothing happened. T.S. Turner watched the footage from his laptop in his car outside Jessica's house. He saw Jessica sleeping peacefully in her bed with no sign of the boogeyman or anything else. He was bored and disappointed. The second night, things got interesting. T.S. Turner saw Jessica get up from her bed and walk to her closet. She opened it and took out the mask and the cloak. She put them on and walked out of her room. T.S. Turner realized that she was the boogeyman herself and that she was trying to fool him. He decided to follow her and see what she was up to. He grabbed Sparky and got out of his car. He saw Jessica walking down the street wearing the mask and the cloak. She looked ridiculous. 
and creepy at the same time. He followed her at a safe distance until she reached a sports bar called the Locker Room. She entered the bar and disappeared from his sight. T.S. Turner was curious about what she was doing there. He decided to enter the bar as well, but he left Sparky outside. He didn't want to draw attention to himself or his robotic dog. He walked into the bar and looked around. It was a typical sports bar, with TV showing various games, pool tables, dartboards, and beer signs. It was crowded with people cheering for their teams or drinking with their friends. He didn't see Jessica anywhere. He wondered where she had gone. He walked around the bar, looking for clues or signs of her presence. He noticed a door at the back of the bar that said employees only. He decided to check it out. He opened the door and entered a dark hallway. He followed it until he reached another door that said Tiki Bar. He opened it and entered another world. It was a tiki bar inside a sports bar. It had bamboo walls, palm trees, torches, tropical drinks, Hawaiian music, and exotic decorations. It was like stepping into an island paradise. T.S. Turner was amazed by the hidden gym inside the locker room. He wondered how many people knew about it or came here. He looked around and saw Jessica sitting at the bar, still wearing the mask and the cloak. She was talking to a bartender who looked like he belonged in Hawaii. T.S. Turner approached them quietly and listened to their conversation. Hey there, Jessica said in a muffled voice through the mask. Can I get another Mai Tai? Sure thing, bartender said with a smile. You're new here, right? I don't think I've seen you here before. Yeah, I'm new, Jessica said. I just moved here from Utah. Utah, huh? The bartender said. What brought you here? I'm looking for adventure, Jessica said. And maybe love? Love, huh? The bartender said. Well, you've come to the right place. This is the best tiki bar in town, and I'm the best bartender in town. My name is Lano, by the way. Lano? Jessica said. That's a cool name. What does it mean? It means god of peace and prosperity, Lano said. And also, god of music and fertility. I'm a very versatile god. Wow, that's impressive. Jessica, ellipses, because the chat froze and then started over at this point. Fuck you, ChatGPT! What kind of romance are we missing out on? In the tiki bar while she's dressed like the boogeyman for some reason. <sighs> but uh, apparently ChatGPT tried to write a new story, so hmm, we'll try again. T.S. Turner was a private detective who specialized in cases involving the paranormal. He'd seen it all, ghosts, vampires, werewolves, zombies, you name it, but nothing prepared him for his latest assignment to find out who was behind the mysterious disappearance of several people in a small town in Utah. He arrived at the town on a rainy night and checked into a motel. He asked the receptionist if she knew anything about the missing persons, but she shook her head and said, Sorry, mister, I don't know anything. This town is full of secrets and lies. You better watch your back. Turner decided to start his investigation at the local sports bar, where he hoped to find some clues or witnesses. He walked in in order to drink. The place was crowded with people watching a game on the TV screen. He scanned the room for anyone who looked suspicious or out of place, but he saw nothing unusual. So I guess no one was like wearing a mask at the bar? Okay, makes sense. He was about to give up and leave when he noticed a door at the back of the bar with a sign that said Tiki Bar. He was curious and decided to check it out. He opened the door and entered a dimly lit room with bamboo walls, tropical plants, and Hawaiian music playing. There was a small bar with a bartender wearing a flower lay and a grass skirt. He smiled and greeted Turner. Welcome to the Tiki Bar, sir. What can I get you? Turner was surprised and confused. He wondered why there, why there was a Tiki Bar inside a sports bar in Utah. Heavy on the in Utah part. He decided to play along and order a Mai Tai. 
Coming right up, the bartender said. So what brings you to our little paradise? Turner decided to be honest and told him he was a detective looking for missing people. Missing people, the bartender said, raising his eyebrows. That's interesting. You know, there's been some strange things happening around here lately. People disappearing without a trace. Weird noises at night. Rumors of monsters in the woods. Monsters, Turner said. The bartender nodded. Yeah, some folks say they've seen beasts roaming around the town at night. They say they're big and hairy and have glowing red eyes. They say they're the Boogeyman's minions. The Boogeyman, Turner repeated. The bartender nodded. Yeah, you know, the Boogeyman. The evil spirit that haunts children's nightmares. The one who lives under your bed or in your closet and comes out when you're asleep to drag you into his dark realm. Turner was skeptical. He didn't believe in the Boogeyman. He thought it was just a myth or a legend to scare kids. Come on, you don't really believe in that stuff, do you? The bartender shrugged. I don't know, sir, but I do know that something is wrong in this town. Something evil. He leaned closer to Turner and whispered, You want to know a secret? This tiki bar is not just a tiki bar. It's also a secret headquarters for a group of people who are trying to stop the Boogeyman and his beasts. Turner was intrigued. He asked who these people were. The bartender smiled and said, we're Mormons. Turner was stunned. He didn't expect that answer. Mormons? The bartender nodded. Yes, sir. We're Mormons. And we're also monster hunters. He explained that they were part of a secret sect of Mormonism that believed that the boogeyman was actually Satan himself, and he was trying to take over the world by kidnapping souls and turning them into his slaves. We've been fighting him for centuries. We have special weapons and skills that we use to combat him and his minions. He showed Turner a silver crossbow that he had hidden under the bar. This is one of our weapons. It shoots blessed arrows that can pierce through any beast's hide. He also showed him a book that he had on a shelf behind him. This is one of our skills, he said. It's called the Book of Mormon. It contains sacred scriptures that can ward off any evil spirits. He opened the book and read aloud. And it came to pass that I beheld Satan, yea, even the devil, and he came unto me. And I spake unto him, and I said, Get thee behind me. As he read, Turner felt a chill run down his spine. He felt a presence in the room, a dark and sinister presence. The bartender stopped reading and looked at Turner. Do you feel that? That's him. That's the boogeyman. He knows we're here. He knows we're talking about him. He's angry. He's coming for us. Turner felt a surge of fear. He didn't know what to believe, but he knew he had to get out of there. He thanked the bartender for his drink and his information, and he said he had to go. The bartender nodded and said, Be careful, sir, and remember, the boogeyman is real, and he's after you. Turner left the tiki bar and went back to the sports bar. He felt a pair of eyes watching him from the shadows. He quickened his pace and headed for the exit. He got into his car and drove away from the town. He decided to abandon his case and go back to his office. He decided to forget everything he had seen and heard. He turned on the radio and tried to relax. He heard a song playing that he recognized. It was from the Transformers movie. He smiled and sang along. You got the touch. You got the power. He didn't notice the red glow in his rearview mirror. He didn't notice the truck behind him transforming into a giant robot. He didn't notice the metal claw reaching for him. He didn't notice the voice saying, Boogeyman, Boogeyman, Boogeyman. Ah!